What's up, bros, Bibles, and beersicles? This is episode 30, Depression is My Superpower. Today we talk to Justin Blank, vlogger extraordinaire, all-around good guy, great friend. Today we find out how he survived being a preacher's kid, how he got to be so funny, and how he's learned to turn his depression into a superpower. This is definitely one of my favorite episodes so far. And speaking of favorite episodes, we got some great feedback on Twitter regarding the two-part series on the death and resurrection within marriage featuring Jeff and Tanya Pearson's marital woes slash redemption. Susan underscore Adams tweeted at us, finished this last night, wept with Tanya. Thanks for sharing. Hard to hear the pain, but Jesus. Also, she said, I know he'll use their story. So many broken people out there living in shame with their secrets. And that's kind of the point of this whole podcast is whether it's just Jeff, Scott, and myself, or we have a guest to hear a story from that it's real, sometimes raw, sometimes painful, but it's always honest. And it's amazing what happens when you bring things into the light. Also, Eric Parker on Twitter, at Washer Pitcher, said, This story has already impacted at Lori P. Mom X3 and me. It has given us courage to tell ours. Ah, you guys are firing me up right now. This is great. Really appreciate the feedback. So real quick, before we get started... If you haven't yet, remember to review us on iTunes and rate us. That is the best way for this podcast to grow, and we want to grow it with you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Bros Bibles Beer, Facebook, Bros Bibles Beer, and the website where you can find show notes and links to get connected to us and our guests, bbbpod.com. Also, whatever music we're using will be on there. In this case, it's the classic crime, an awesome rock and roll band from Seattle. Okie dokie, let's find out how depression is Justin Blank's superpower. Uh, yeah, the only thing that kept me from playing for the Dodgers, I, I think, I guess, is just natural talent. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing I just didn't have. <laughs> Coffees and coffee and bagel. There's a lot of these that are coming up. Now. No, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm probably less than 48 hours into this thing. Okay. Um, Do you pay for extra swipes? Not, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's some ways around that. I mean, I don't know. I've just I heard. Can, I can, I can teach you some tender tricks on ways around that. Oh, that um, be... not necessarily of getting out of, or getting more swipes. You but heard it you... here. Tinder tricks coming up. <laughs> tinder tricks sounds so Wait, creepy. Hey guys, this isn't the start. Hey, hon, I, um, I have something tender and tricky to show. Hey, welcome to Tinder. All right, so this one. I'm 52. I'm a gym teacher. She's. <laughs> we have. Oh boy. She says I might be peeing in the first photo. Don't tell anyone. Is she sitting in a body of water? Yes. On a rock, it, yeah. it appears. Some girls want to be overtly like, "Hey, I'm funny." Okay, well, calm down. You don't need to like pull all your funniness in your bio. Let it come out throughout the dates, but are you still on Tinder, Justin? Currently, no. No, you got your lady, right? Oh no, no. Was really? Did you? Did I have a lady? I thought you did. Did you have a lady? No. Did you you delete something? I have intimacy issues. Five or six. What was this? What was the person's name? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I thought you had. Yeah, I'm, making, you, I'm making no. a no intimacy issues to ask yeah. about later. Wait, have we? Have we? Wait, are we? Is, re- this, is it? Are we are recording? We it's it. I love when we're like 30 minutes in and yeah. it's like, yeah, we've been recording, but I'll edit it. Uh, it I'll edit it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is great. This is a great intro. If we're intimacy yeah. issues. Yeah. Oh, you just want to go there now? So, I was going to no, ask you about it for sure. No, but I'm just saying, like, well, that's already out there. Now. That seems like it's kind of intimate to start. I think with my biggest issues. question is, does Jeff always um, do podcasts naked? Because I don't feel uncomfortable, but I feel like if the listeners could see this, well, they'd be like, why is Jeff always naked? In his defense, he does have a shirt on. Okay. Oh, so he's doing a Pooh Bear, uh, like uh, Winnie the Pooh or a Donald no, no, Duck no, is what we call that. Well, just shirt, no bottoms. He's going to prove like that he puts the poo in Pooh Bear. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a weatherman. I'm one of the lead anchors, and I have the desk to cover Right. Me. What's interesting is he's always so freshly shaved, you forget, oh, wow, he's a hairy man. And we see that now. Yeah. Which uh, is great. Have you ever heard of uh, manscaping, Jeff? You know what, Justin? I've Clearly. missed you. <laughs> I've missed our late night talks. <laughs> oh, quick quick antidote on that. Jeff and I used to have late night talks at this like 24-hour diner in Dana Point. There was one, at one point, he, he would always text me, whatever, 10, 30, 11 at night. And there was one time I was so exhausted, but I loved hanging out with Jeff that I actually literally fell asleep on him in the booth while he was talking that was to me. Rad. And I, it wasn't that it was boring. I was just at 1 a.m. It was probably, I don't know, a Sunday night after I spoke or whatever. And I was so exhausted. And I remember coming to and he goes, did you just fall asleep on me? And I was like, ah, oh, crap. There's no way I can like get out of this. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Did oh, you we keep go. talking, Jeff? The you whole know time? what? My Jeff wife doesn't need a my wife, to stop. <laughs> my wife has trained me well. She's like, keep talking. I'm almost asleep. So. <laughs> it's one of those like, no, so wait, you guys were in a booth together side by side? No. Were you avoiding eye contact? What's going on? Well, that's the thing. He was rubbing my back. There's and no I was judgment. Like, wow, this is very comfortable. The warmth of his body kept me warm like a like a my childhood I sh- blanket. I really. should have known since you had rested your head on yeah. my shoulder. Yeah. I thought your hand on my thigh was a little much, but I was like, Hey, this is Jeff. We're 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 buddies. He's well, I was patting though. You know, clearly his wife is not pat. giving him the attention that he needs. Yeah. Okay. I was just so here. Pat. I'm I have great hands. Pat don't rub. That's Oh rub oh. Okay, okay. Well, the back you rub the back is fine. Yeah. What if it's furry? It's fine. Furry back. Well, do you why use is your nails? hand up the back of his shirt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, your hand is hairy. The uh, palm of your hand is hairy. <laughs> I can say this on the podcast. His palms so aren't that hairy. They're just so sweaty. Yeah, really because of nerves. Though. And when <laughs> when, his, when his palms sweat, the yeah. few hairs he does have kind of. Eminem like, wrote a song about they this. They gum up together and <laughs> they kind of twist and make a natural braid. Dude, this yeah. is so bad. So weird. I can't, is this how your normal guest? Is this how the normal like, How do you keep are? a straight I don't face, know Zach? how you don't wax your palms. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's, that's why I'm here to plug is my new product is, is uh, oh. men's uh, palm waxing. waxing. It's a service. I come to you. It's kind of like an Uber. So it's yeah. just there's an app and I come to you and I it's wax man, your palms. manwax.org. Some guys like to keep the hair and I give it to them. Um, some guys, you know, I donate to <laughs> charity donate or sure. sell love. on eBay. Lots of love. Love those people. All the money goes towards really good causes. There is a disease that does affect probably most men and it causes hair not to grow on the palms. Okay. So if you're one of those, contact Justin. Yeah. And oh. yeah. 
I have one of those rare diseases where you're 30 and balding. I'm not sure what the diagnosis well, of that you is. Might, you might need some of that palm hair to right. transplant. If I'm being honest, maybe some of my clients I've, you know, thrown a couple patches on top to see what it looks like. <laughs> okay. I, I just had a, a really surreal moment where I stopped and stepped back and I put my hands and looked at my palms. <laughs> Just in case. Like, wait, did they? <laughs> no. Am I growing hair in my palms? Yeah. Well, uh, Justin, usually it means you have insanely fun. high amounts of testosterone. Okay. For, for <laughs> sure. early balding. I just did it yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jeff. All right. Put your hands in your pocket. <laughs> He's not wearing pants, no. though. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Stop. But anyways, no, if this is the start of all your podcasts... I might consider listening to Do you want to just join full time <laughs> now? Because yeah. this is just fun. a color commentary. <laughs> yeah. Bring in Justin for comedic relief. You got to pay in $20 a month yeah. for a little club here. Yeah. But eventually, Zach just pays it all and we tell him we're going to. Yeah, I'll Venmo you. Money. That's a big thing yeah. in our generation, my generation. Venmo, I shouldn't say ours. Crowdfunding, yeah. uh, sharing. Yeah, I, I mean, feel I'm gonna get married. So I'm gonna crowdfund. If yeah. some you guys can just, uh, it's like a new barter system. You know mm-hmm. what? Could you guys Cars. give me a college uh, scholarship as well? That'd be great. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like the uh, raising support in the Christian world has taken over in the secular world. Like, wait, Christians <laughs> just raise money. Like they just give each other money to do things. Well, sure, why don't we do that? Right it's a ministry that? for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you say you're a missionary. That's good enough for us. How much do we owe you? <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, I've done my fair share of raising support, so I, I get that. Yeah. But honestly, how many people listen to this so I can kind of curate my answers? Um, 14 and one from India. Oh. No. Wait, is India an actual name of somebody or is that the country? Uh, well, we don't know. It might be India, but the country India. It'd okay. be awesome if it was. Was this India. from a review on iTunes or is this a... No, for me, ha- hacking and just okay. digging into IP addresses. <laughs> <laughs> You know, watching them eat curry, sure. stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I sold my soul, and uh, we found out that we have someone from India who likes us. That's awesome. It is. I don't know why you sold your soul. Yeah, for I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty aggressive you know, move to drastic. just find that out. Well, in the me world, I can just return it. At There's Walmart a lot of people in India. Refund, I so feel like it's good. <laughs> yeah, the chances of finding one that likes us is decent. Out of those billion? Scott, are you, 1. Are you billion, on Tinder right 1. now 1. while 3. we're talking? I have... I have here's another, I have here's gotten, another thing about Tinder. I've gotten a bunch of them off my list, so yeah. Off I mean, your list, yeah. as if they were waiting, oh, Scott, please swipe right on me. That could be... I mean, that could be true. I feel like that that was kind of Ooh, mean the way the tone... That was harsh. Yeah, that tone was too aggressive. I right, apologize. Justin, you're a guest. But... I'll remind you of that. <laughs> Hi, Justin Blank. All right, well, that was great. Thanks for having me, guys. Welcome. It's 837 um, here in Southern California. It's 82 degrees. It's oh. balmy <laughs> Wednesday night. But yeah, that is oh, a problem. Balmy's the co-host. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not putting the thing down. It's balmy and turd fart <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yeah. No, but speaking of being asked to leave early, I did tweet earlier um about to be a guest on bros bible and beer and then i put clear's throat and i put me it just says penis and then them <laughs> and that's all the time we have with justin thank you so much for stopping by oh, man, I screwed nice up. so anyways i am 30 years old going on 12 so i'll try and you'll fit in i think my, 
up my maturity. Jeff's 64. Yeah. Going on 28. Yeah. You're playing passive. He's playing aggressive. So that's okay. <laughs> Let's go with it. What do you mean going on 12? What does that mean? Intimacy issues, man. Let's get into it. Oh, okay. I get oh, my that. My dad's not listening. No, I'm just kidding. I have a good relationship with my father. But. Justin, get over here. <laughs> Spankings. What's the weirdest uh, thing you've ever said to your dad? Um, when my dad on my, th- what was it? Well, I forget what birthday it was. He took me golfing. That was kind of our tradition. And it was about an hour away up in the mountains, the golf course. And we're sitting there and I'm just kind of like, you know, looking at the, the mountains as we're driving through. And he kind of looks over at me and he goes, um, so, um, sex. And I just kind of look over. I think I almost put my arm on his and I go, we're good, dad. Were you rubbing or we're good patting? No, I just touched him. Just go, Hey, we're good. So I think in context, that was probably the weirdest thing I've ever had to tell my dad. Like, Hey, we don't need it. Did you not want your dad to like, you just. I sensed how awkward he was in that position. What and I'm like, I love my dad and we don't need to go down that path. Nowadays, I would make him squirm. Like, what's, I'm sorry, what, sex? Well, I'm not sure what that word is. Dad, if remember, I had the mindset now. Remember when, when we had that conversation in the car and uh, I let you off the hook? Is it possible that he was just looking for advice? And you scared him? <laughs> <laughs> I never, I've never From thought about that. From one to a hundred, what are the chances your dad just wanted advice? One. Okay. I think, you know. So there is. He's a man's man. He's fine. So oh, you're yeah. telling me I've got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff, on the other hand. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we just God heard. bless you. We just heard Jeff's escapades. Jeff's got more the kids than a Mormon. The last two episodes Bibles hey, and beer. God bless all the Mormons Whoa. listening. <clears throat> Let's stay on point here, boys. All right. If you get on a podcast, you can't have a side conversation because it's in the mic. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. We've had we a do all the time, you. I'll text yeah. you. <laughs> We've had a couple where somebody's talking and the other person's like, I, I just don't, I don't get And then, of course, I'm editing later on. <laughs> Are you listening to this idiot? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've cleaned up the blood. I think we did well and in, in, uh, the table doesn't have stains yeah. anymore. I mean, it's... It's got a kind of a rich maroon yeah. to it, but it's okay. It's a little scratched. I feel like my side conversation would be like, hey, I really got to poop. Is this <laughs> like that would be my thing. But anyways, this is a really long intro. If yeah. this is the intro. Well, I think there's some good stuff. We've gone from 14 listeners down to about 10. Yeah. They, they listen in real time though. So it's a, it's a passionate 10. <laughs> Wait, this is live? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to give us so much credit. Yeah. Like, oh, that's awesome. So we yeah. have Justin Blank with us. Welcome, Justin. Welcome, Justin. I'm looking at Jeff waiting to see. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. Jeff and I are too familiar. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I am a little bit nervous, if I'm being honest, even though I know you guys. You're back from, uh, you were on number two, I think, or number two or number three episode. Oh, that's yeah. right. But I also had no idea. I thought it was a joke. It yeah. was like, yeah, hey, let's record this. I don't even remember what I said. Well, it sounds like a joke. Actually, you added some good <laughs> stuff about soulmates. That was a pretty uh, good conversation. We just had yeah. a shitty room mic. and <laughs> Yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a laptop it was and a, a mic ball. outside. By yeah. the way, it's almost been a year. But I was your second. I was apparently on your second podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So when was that released? Sorry. Uh, we had to go with Scott and the Mormons for the first one. Scott and the Mormons. Man. That was a long, long time ago. We had Ryan Kirkland on the first one, and ever since then... Gotta love Ryan. Been trying to get him back, and just a growing family, and... Oh, wow! Four jobs. I think Scott just got a match on Tinder. Jeff, I apologize greatly. 
It was August 25th, 2015. I wish You've I could been do that. Mainlining with, ginkgo as the kids say these days. Wow. <laughs> Suck fish it. oil. I wish I could do that with verses. I wish. One day. You'd have to actually read them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. He asks me. I tell him the correct interpretation, Scott. <laughs> this has been your moment of asshole by Scooter. <laughs> Oh, oh love you, brother. Yeah. All right, Justin. <laughs> All right, Justin. Yeah. We have you here because you're a man. Great. I'm a bro. You're a believer. You're a bro. Don't bro me unless you know me. Okay. Just to let you guys know, that is something that is being said amongst the youths. Is that... And don't, that's important to you as well. Not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there one that's don't poke me until you... Oops. Toke me? <laughs> So we're getting high and then poking, <laughs> like Facebook poking or like adult poking. Is there poking or, on Facebook? Yeah. Record, That's Scott. The look on your face as you're trying. You wanted to abort so bad. I <laughs> did, followed, but then I had to. You followed through. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> I'm gonna put Tinder, man. Silence and cricket. It was a Tinder that. profile he saw and he memorized. She's yeah. She I came. Saying, I saw. I yeah. swiped right. Yeah. She's saying no pokey. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Delete. So, so, yeah, why did you guys bring me on here? Justin. <laughs> um, Glad to see you, too. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just, just jumping right into this. Yeah. Um, briefly. Drive this bus. Could you tell us your beginnings, foundation, life, family, and where it took off? About being a bro? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so quick background. What God was, did your parents serve? I was born at a young age. I uh, <laughs> was raised in a Christian home. Uh, my father is still a pastor, so I'm technically still a PK. What kind of pastor? He pastors a church in Northern California that um, non-denominational, uh, affiliated with Calvary Chapel um, in the sense that they're not like Calvary Chapel of... But, um, you know, their pastors of that church uh, attend Calvary Chapel meetings and whatnot and kind of somewhat somewhat under the umbrella, but kind of run on their own path. Basically, the only thing that's kind of similar to Calvary Chapel is they just go verse by verse, chapter by chapter style teaching. Um, that's a big kind of thing. So some people have gripes about that, um, which is fine. Uh, so did you accept that growing up? Like this is... I mean, you're you're a kid. You're going through life with your family. So is it, that's where your your uh, I don't want to call it your beliefs. Is yeah. that where they were birthed from? As far as like my parents' beliefs, yeah, your foundation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you as a pastor's kid, you were born in church, and you're you're born, and the next Sunday you're in church. So mm. um, I, it's always funny to me. I have a big uh, big soft spot in my heart for pastor's kids because we're all different. We've all had different backgrounds. And, um, but for me, I think, um, I think mine was different in the sense that there's a lot of pastor's kids who are like, you know, as a family, we had Bible studies and worship sessions and, and in the home. And, uh, I think my dad just did a really great job actually to, to boast on him of like, um, his job was his job. And when he came home, he was dad. He wasn't pastor Brian. He, we didn't make us like memorize Bible verses. <laughs> um, we didn't have to, um, yeah, like have like 
uh, hey, this is your 30 minutes of the morning. You need to read the Bible or pray or whatever. So for him, I think it was more of a, hey, this is, this is my job. And yeah, I take it seriously. And, um, but when I come home, I'm, I'm Brian, not pastor Brian. So do you, do you have brothers and sisters? I do. I'm, yeah, I'm the youngest, uh, the youngest of three. Um, I have a older brother who's the oldest, eldest of the family. Um, married with two boys, and then my sister's in the middle. She's married with three boys. So okay, so I have a follow up question in regards to the uh, your perception yeah. of how your father was as a pastor, and then coming home and being, just being dad. Yeah, as the young one, mm-hmm. usually there's the flexibility of you know the first one, two, three, you know right. whatever it might be. I mean, you're putting lots of energy in the first, and then as it goes down, you kind of the the reins, you know, they you let them out a little bit. Yeah. So, do you think that your is your older brother has a different perspective than you as to how his father was yes but i think it has nothing to do with my father's occupation okay i think every i think my brother probably had a pretty stereotypical oldest child right a little bit more pressure a little bit more like we're going to kind of hover over you sister being the only girl was the princess my dad loved her more than any of us um which is fine and uh for so myself he was just a father at home yeah which yeah. is fine. That was a very quick. Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, I, as a kid, I hated it. But if I'm a if I'm a father and I have two boys and a daughter, she's gonna be the queen, and my boys are just gonna be like kind of my my boys. You know, you. I don't know. I I I am I am so pro father spoiling daughters that are the only daughter. Mm-hmm. Like Zach has two daughters, so you can't really play that card um, necessarily. But yeah, I'm not gonna lie. They both have their moments where it's like, there's a trade-off. Like, yeah. it sounds super harsh. Like, it's like the love overflows for both of them, but from time to time, there's like, oh, man, there's definitely one that's a, the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so to kind of wrap that up for you, Jeff, I think it was, again, all of our experiences of our father weren't um, Pastor Brian. They were just Brian. Uh, I feel like we all have similar experiences, mainly my brother and I, I think, um, being the boys of Brian, we caught more, more of our frustration probably came for the people at the church than ever. Like my dad, like it it was always like, you're Brian's kid and you're going to be, I don't know if my brother caught this, but I was like, oh, you're going to be a pastor because your dad's a pastor. And me growing up was like, no, I'm going to be rich. I'm tired of being (laughs) poor. I'm going to, my dream was to either be the Mm -hmm. second baseman of the Dodgers. Or um, Stephen Furtick. Or he's rich. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get into that topic. Uh, mark <laughs> that down for later. About that? I was I just thinking about yeah. rich pastors. That's it. Yeah. Just well, that ahead. wasn't a thing back in. Well, not that I'm, I'm not 30 afraid. years old, but yeah. like that wasn't a thing in the early 90s. Minus like I'm sure Joel Steen was probably at the level he was at, but like nowadays the platform of pastors that write books. Yeah, be a better super rich. You know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so yeah, for me, the dream was I'm going to be either the second baseman for the Dodgers. But Seeger has it. So. But Seeger has it. And really, honestly, the only thing that ever kept me from doing that. A shortstop. Oh, yeah. is he? Yeah. Corey Seeger. Yeah. LA Dodgers. <sighs> I thought I nailed it. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No, but. Uh, Steve Sachs. Okay. Well, actually, I loved Steve Sachs growing up Until um, he got the as yips. a Dodger. But <laughs> we're going into like the deep Dodgers <laughs> roster. Okay, forget it. <laughs> so Mike Piazza is my favorite player, but Delano to Shields at second base. Like, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. The only thing that kept me from playing for the Dodgers, I I think I guess is just natural talent. Um, <laughs> something I just didn't have. Uh, but it was either that or I wanted I wanted to be an actor. That was the other thing. I was like, oh, I'd 
one, I just, I love watching movies and love people being able to portray somebody else in a movie to tell a story, but then also they get paid a lot of money. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Bonus. So, but yeah, being a pastor was never on my wanting to be a professional pretender. Like, did, is there something deeper behind that? You think sure. actor thing? Uh, yeah, well, I my buddy and I used to joke about like we in college we would we would come up with a scene or or some sort of fake backstory for random people in college that we come across, and for us it's people are like you just lied to them. I'm like, no, we're acting. What's the what's the difference? We didn't, you know. We'll tell them the truth at the end. Like one of these girls in college thought my roommate had like a six year old boy. That because um, he had pictures, he was a camp counselor and had some pictures for, of, of the kids in his in his, sorry, <laughs> his cabin. He had pictures of six year old boys on his phone. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> delete that. It's what just, yeah, just Scott. <laughs> just Scott. Uh, but anyways, Scott finally um, shut up Tinder <laughs> to join us. Welcome back, Scott. I think. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was as deep as like uh, pretending to be somebody. Uh, sure, there's like I hated myself growing up, so I wanted to be somebody else. Um, I also wrapped into like, I really looked up to certain people and as a young kid, you want to like emulate them and be them. But also I think the acting thing was just, I like as the youngest child, you know, you want that attention and you, you know, yeah. Perform. I'm desire. here guys. I'm yeah. Here. Like look yeah. at me, look at me. So I was a pretty typical youngest child. Did you get it? Did you get that attention? Uh, got it from my mom. Yeah. Yeah. Which, as the youngest, I think every mom, for not every mom, but most moms, their youngest is their, not their favorite, but their favorite, without saying it. Um, because, especially when they know, hey, this is the last kid, we're not having any more kids. There's such an attachment to that kid of, like, this is the last person that's going to come from me and that right. I get to, like, baby and nurse and, you know, bring life to. And so they're kind of holding on to that. But, yeah, I think my mom was a big fan of me, I think. Uh, I always wanted to impress my brother, make him laugh, make my dad laugh. And now my brother and I have that relationship where we just make each other laugh. That's cool. Um, yeah, pretty typical, typical, pretty stereotypical third child, needed attention, was a little bit louder, got more in trouble um, in school and whatnot. But it was always just for like talking. I was never like, I had a lot of anger growing up, but I never like beat people up or whatever because yeah. I, I was too tenderhearted. I was like, if I punched you, I would feel so bad after, but oh my gosh, give me a hug. I'm sorry. Jesus loves you. So you did punch <laughs> and people. And Jesus forgive me. <laughs> love yeah, love. I mean, yeah. And then I turned to like punching my, my pillow when I got home or my, your bed, but the bed has springs. So it just wasn't, didn't feel good. Cause you punch your bed. Right. And you need some weight. Back up. Yeah. Wow. Like I, like I wish I would have had like just glass bottles in like a safe room that I could just. Or but. even better, like light bulbs that just yeah, do that popping noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, safety goggles. You know, this is but. just just today. My oldest boy, he decided to kick a big wheel in frustration. Just nice. like went outside, crack. Um, uh, later on, I'm like, hey, after everything was said and done, and we had a little talk yeah. with everybody, I'm like, you know what? Good choice on kicking the big wheel. If you're gonna kick some. That's yeah. the thing to kick. It's sure. a stupid pink big wheel. Sure. That was like your little sister's a long time ago. It's okay. Kick that big wheel. <laughs> you get that aggression out. Kick it. Right. I was waiting for the... Um, I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it by watching you. Well, that's what he told Jeff's wife. So <laughs> I'm just... Dad taught me. I'm just trying to hold it together. I'm like, I can lead. I can do this. I can yeah. do this. I can't lose it. All right. You go kick the big wheel. I'll just <laughs> stay right here. That reminds me... <laughs> This is terrible. Uh, so I had a I had a horrible mouth when I was very young. 
loved curse words, but would oh, never. Oh God, darn it! Like Pardu Kukamasha, dropping dropping the bombs as a young child. That kids, you're like, well, how do you know these words? I was in third grade, and <laughs> obviously, I learned from my older brother. I learned Will you the reenact uh, with your third grade voice? Uh, I don't. Well, I mean, we'd have to bleep it. I think we don't have um, to. Like well, we should. So let me re- let me reenact the scene, and I'll okay. and I'll drop I'll drop. Can the I F-bomb. be somebody? Yeah. Can I be like your mom yes. or dad? For those it's in India really who are listening right now, um, this the word, the word that starts with F that I'm using is not a good word. Um, huh? But the word. Well, in England, he's not going to say Fanny. Yeah. So oh. our United Kingdom people, don't worry, he's not going to oh, say UK. Fanny. Well, we have UK listeners. We do. Wow. But there's only one half of them. See, there's still only ten listeners right now. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well. I mean, me telling more of my story, we're going to get to eight here real soon. But this story, hopefully, you're not going to want to miss this. So stay tuned. Um, so speaking of blaming people. That's where we put the sponsor in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Sponsored by Justin's hair palm Remember removal. that guest that just <laughs> took over? <laughs> so I learned the F word from my brother. We're in a supermarket after school. Uh, my mom's buying groceries and he's got the cart and I'm walking in front of him. And that's if you old, have that's a bad movie. if you have older brothers or older siblings, you know where the story's going. So we're walking, and he jams the cart into right in the back of my heel, and like the Achilles tendon. So I go down, and in third, I think it was third grade, so whatever eighth, eight eight year old Justin voice, I go, oh fuck! And unfortunately, <laughs> my mom was just down the aisle and just an earshot, and she heard it, turns around, and gives me the worst. Just not I'm mad, but what did I hear from my baby boy? And this is cried. where you come in, Jeff. You're playing the part of Justin's mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get Robin Blank going right now? I, I don't know what yeah. Robin's like. I yeah. have no idea. Is there grace just the or kindest, is it just... the, the kindest lady. Wait, what? What, what, what did you say? Exactly. What did you say? What? Exa- it's, it, Justin, honestly, would exactly. you re- please repeat it as loud as you can? <laughs> oh, my Justin, God. Justin, no. He's transformed into Robin. That was incredible. Wait, Mom? <laughs> my goodness. Anyways, we're only halfway through shopping, so she finishes it out in tears. And I'm in tears. Oh, wow. I, and I'm following, following my mom 10 feet behind her. I'm sorry. One of those cries where you just snots yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's breathe. a Christmas story. I'm going to get spanked by dad. So fast forward to home, because mm. when we get home, she's like, your father's going to hear about this. And I'm like, oh. It is the Christmas story. Because my and dad was the one that hit it, like, spanked so, us. And sorry, they, hit us, whatever. they say father... Yeah, it's it's trouble. It, not dad, when dad, not when, daddy when daddy's home, coming home. When, when your father, when father. Home. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they, this is this is terrible. So they asked. Do you me, need some like, tissue? Hey, for your tears. Um, you know where did you where did you learn that word? And I'm not going to sell my brother out one because it's my older <laughs> brother, and two he'll he would beat me up had I told him. So I, <laughs> I, I went to a sorry quick. I went to a small private Christian school K through eighth growing up. I blamed it on the one notorious bad kid at school. Oh, man. And I go, I, I learned it from Harley. And it just like came out and I didn't know. A perfect this name Completely for this just on the scapegoat of the bad kid. This is a Christmas. And my this mom, is, it is. It's a perfect script. My mom worked at the school as an English teacher. So she knew exactly who that kid was. And so to me, it was like, this is the brilliant plan. I'll blame it on the bad kid. She already knows this kid probably would say this word in front of me. And... Um, I think I've told them. If not, if they ever listen to this, I'll tell them to listen to this podcast. But, but yeah, um, I got I got spanked 
real so bad. To listen to this, but you didn't actually apologize. Apologize to my parents? No, to Harley. Oh, Justin, this is where it's going to get really, really yeah. bad. Because of that incident, Harley um, is now serving twenty five God, life. <laughs> God bless Harley's soul, but Harley's no longer with us. Oh, um, yeah. So I can't even like try and be like, "Hey, dude, remember like twenty years ago?" Um, not that you got in trouble, but I blame something on you. So, th- will I die with that guilt? Yeah, probably. No. But you know, one day I'll see Harley in heaven and be like, "Hey, man." I kind of you know, blamed you about the F word. Sorry. That's the best. Uh, that's the like, best. Bro, I totally know. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's the best uh, part of having conversations with Justin is that he asks, he poses questions to himself and then answers them. And then it's so clear. Yeah. You know, I'm a pro- I process out loud. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Anyways. processing, can I get you guys a beer? Yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm so good. So, right does your dad owe you another spanking for lying? You got spanked for actually saying the word. Yeah. But but then the Wait, lying Zach, why are you still sitting down? Where's my beer? I think <laughs> I think you I think you get another spanking. No. Yeah. What's your dad's name? Marty? Uh, no. Brian. <laughs> Brian. Did, well, oh, Brian. But let's, let's cover his identity. So Marty. Blank. Marty. No. Marty. There's no covering Marty, in this podcast. Marty. Okay. So sorry, listener. So yeah, so now we're down to six listeners. Right <laughs> Sorry, now. I was tin- no, 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 I was no, no. tindering when you said okay. your destiny. Don't don't do the. Uh, I'm not very good at public speaking when you first get up there because you might as well just leave the stage. <laughs> so, okay, we've spoken a lot. You ha- you're a very methodical, deep thinking person. You care a lot, and mm-hmm. and sometimes, probably, admittedly, you care too much um, in some regards. Yeah. And He's single ladies. And, <laughs> and so you're thirty. Yep. You're single. Yep. You've been in ministry. You're doing. Yeah. You're a PK. You've done. You're working. Uh, you know, a normal quote unquote job. Boy, <laughs> right. nine to five. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now. Well, Jeff, real quick though. What, going back to growing up as a pastor's kid, yeah. were you? How was your dad? I mean, is your dad fire and brimstone type? Is he? Yeah. Was there like, like strong anything guilt? I mean, pastors' kids run the gamut, but the stereotype yeah. is all that they're the kids are just fucked up. You know, totally. Zach, you were getting. I was going there. Oh, you stole his thunder, well, Zach. Hey I think- guys, I didn't let Jeff finish. <sighs> Go ahead, Jeff. It, okay, Scott, remember, can you get off Tinder real quick? I need a seven-minute intro, <laughs> two-minute extra, and then 30 more minutes. It sounded like you were setting up to say, well, no, and I'm setting for coming. Up, I'm setting up the fact that we've had so many conversations, and Justin is right, uh, a psychological it. enigma to me. Like, okay. he's, he's like, he's in, he asks these questions... He, trying giving him trying to give himself guidance and his past I'm like I don't know if the impact of family seems great yeah when we've had our conversations you have been lost and drifting a lot in life yeah definitely and I'm right there with you um, mm. for a lot of my life but being older I, at 30 I probably was still drifting so um, can you speak at all to, do you have any idea, you know, in your walk with Christ and what you see in the future of your life and the impact of family and father and mother and, and just being a, really a part of a church uh, growing up from day one? 
uh, as you said, how does that play into, or do you think it's played into any of your your life today and as you've grown into adulthood? Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's fun <laughs> to break that down how I see it is, hey, you had a normal childhood. Why are you so messed up? <laughs> Why are you still so lost? That was um, amazing. I walked and got some beer and came back. <laughs> And the question was still going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love you for it. Go ahead, Justin. But is that kind of what you were saying, Zach? When you kind of on mean, the same lines? Yeah. If there was, if there's any wounds from being a pastor's kid, right? Well, Zach did it in 15 seconds. I did it in 15 minutes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Winner. <laughs> Winner. Pastor's kids. If anybody's listening that's a pastor's kid, I think there's this this underlying of like we get each other. My childhood wounds or whatever didn't didn't come from my father's occupation and from him specifically. Like my dad's job, the what he what he did to get paid to put a roof over our house didn't affect him and I, his and I's relationship. My dad's fathering and parenting, sure, maybe a little bit. He did the best he could. Looking back, and I was thinking about this um, for a while. We went to a um, actually it was with these guys. I was at a men's camp conference thing and it almost seemed like I walked away like the whole thing was like your dad sucks and he messed you up and you need to forgive him and I was kind of like well yeah kind of I mean but not to the not to the point I don't feel like he messed me up as much as maybe other other dads did but I think my dad at the end of the day did the best he could why am I so messed up uh I I guess yo you're admitting that that's not what I yeah. asked <laughs> no I know but <laughs> you just admitted it go for yeah, it yeah no I I am I'm I'm an open book on that I don't like you said you have like to a default I think there's this where I'm seeing too much of the negative in myself. But anyways, getting off track, going back to the PK thing, fire and brimstone to answer your question. No, my dad, um, the most frustrating thing with my father is like, especially my, my brother and I can probably say this together is we would come to my dad with a question about the, you know, about the Lord or whatever. And, and his first answer is like, what does the Bible say? And so for us, it was always like, no, I asked you dad, like you're, you're kind of the, you're a pastor. We understand this now. Like we're asking you and then you would, you would kind of walk us through it. And that was so frustrating growing up, but now at 30, um, seeing a lot of kids, but seeing my brother, parent, his boys, I think what my dad was actually setting us up to is not relying on him as the well, but the Bible and what the Lord's speaking is like, what does God say about it? And I think that's a two part. What is God telling you in your personal life? But what is also, he's saying, check that to the word of God. And so, for me, it was always frustrating because I, I would go to him with these questions because internally I wanted to establish a relationship with my dad. And for him, he was just trying to point me to the Lord, which was great. But there was that disconnect of like, oh, You're missing the- I'm asking you, but I'm also just kind of trying to have a conversation with you, dad. Yeah. Be real, and, dad. Exactly. And like I said, I think my dad did the best he could. Um I think my grandpa in his relationship was the best it could, but my grandpa didn't really have a dad. So there's that yeah. trickle effect of like, my grandpa is the reason why I feel like our family, at least on my dad's side, is passionately pursuing the Lord. He chose that. He had a really shitty childhood, my grandpa. Um, him and my grandma got married young, and he was just set to be with the Lord. Um, he started the graduate th- graduate school of theology at Azusa Pacific University, has more degrees than I can count, and pursued that as pastor churches, and and did what he, the best he could with my with my dad. And my dad, I think, is the same way. But there was no pressure to ever get into ministry for my dad. Again, all the pressure I felt like came from the people in the church. Yeah. Oh, you like talking to people. You're really sweethearted, Justin. You're going to be a pastor like your dad. And so my resentment maybe fell onto my dad, but it was more towards the people in the church. So that, yeah, that for me as a pastor's kid was kind of that childhood. It wasn't 
my dad saying, you know, don't do this or whatever. Guilty but there was, you. yeah. But I think for some reason, I, and I've and I've heard this from people, non-believers too. I was, you know, sharing with you, Zach. There's podcasts I listen to um, all the time now about comedians. I'm obsessed with comedy and comedy writing and and all of that. But a lot of these comedians who aren't believers, you know, so, still talk about like they have this anxiety and this guilt about they don't know what to me identifies like, well, it could be the Holy spirit convicting you. Um, but not to make you feel condemned or guilty. It's to be like, Hey, kind of like when you're having a pain in your body, your body's been like, Hey, I'm shoot, I'm shooting you pain here because this needs to be taken care of. Yeah. So, um, for me, I don't know. There's just always been, and I still can't get rid of it. So most of our conversations, Jeff and I had at this diner was just like my guilt and my stress and anxiety. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of the reason why I'm quote unquote, messed up still is like stress, anxiety, depression. Um, where did that come from? I'm still working on that. I need yeah. to see a therapy therapist about it, but, um, well, this is the beginning. Welcome to yeah. bros, Bibles and beer. Totally. Uh, I, send you a bill. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Scott. Just Scott I'll help you with your Tinder account. Scott and you can me it. I mean, Scott's been on Tinder this whole time. <laughs> Jeff, you and I are splitting that bill. Yeah. The clock um, is ticking, man. Gotta, I gotta make a move now. But, real, but even real quick though, yeah. the the dad thing, your grandfather not having a father, mm-hmm. and then like he dad, was he was kind of around, but he was kind of a. He messed your dad up in certain ways, but sure. he also improved a little bit. I think. Definitely, I think I've got this theory going that I like for me. I know I'm doing the best I can, and I feel like I'm okay. I'm mostly a really good father, daddy. To yeah. my girls, especially right now, I can't do anything wrong yeah. as far as they're concerned. It's awesome. But I know there's going to be something where they're going to look back and they're going to have the same thought, just like I have with my parents. My parents were great, but there's still this. They did the best they could yeah. with what they had. But I think there's this cycle of these new generations of parents. And I, I guarantee you for you, Justin, there's going to be moments where you think you're just totally just fucking up your kids in certain ways. Yeah. But I guess I'm, I'm trying to say there's this progression that I love going back and seeing because you can see it. Your grandfather, your dad, mm-hmm. now you, you know the mistakes your dad made. Yeah. And so you're going to improve upon those and you're going to pay that forward. Yeah. And I think I'm going to improve that. And I'm sure you and Jeff who has Jeff again, has a litter of children. Um, like you guys, I'm sure there's things with your kids that you go, Oh, that's a scar. You know, there's moments in your life. Well, well, they're yeah. going to be a oh, little, totally. yeah. <laughs> little messed up. They're going to remember that or they're but, not going to, but it's going to come out in therapy someday. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, well, that's a therapy session, <laughs> but I think I I'm, I'm already seeing that just with my brother, you know, he's got two boys and seeing him, seeing him father them. I'm just like blown away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is he going to mess them up sometimes? Sure. But again, I, I, I'm a person that's always going to try and look for the best. So now that I'm getting older, I go, sure. I had this teenage angst and my dad and I, wow, we really butt heads, especially as I got older and my mom would always be in tears over it because she's like, you guys are just too alike. You're both very like strong willed in this. And well, we heard and, from uh, Jeff, she is the sweetest woman around. Yeah. You guys heard it. Yeah. Robin yeah. Blank was in this, was in the, uh, was in the room earlier. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, she had to, she she had to just, take off. Though. God spoke right through me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I embodied Robin Blank. Uh, but so you mentioned um, depression. When, yeah, that's a great when did segue. you notice that? Yeah, that's. Uh, I just want to take the memory of of just you just thinking about how awesome your mom your mom is. Yeah, and just too, go straight yeah. into depression. So let's get it. <laughs> We're really working on the questioning and delivering. Well, here. Let me chug this beer real quick. Uh, 
We're uh, trying no. to get better at that. No, no, no. I, I, this is uh, this is a topic that I think about daily because I deal with it daily. And as I'm getting older, Does I'm going to kind of Tarantino this. I'm going to give you the final answer of being like, I, I think it. depression is one of my superpowers. Now let me unreal. Let me unveil that. So uh, growing up, like I said, I always had this sense of guilt. So my relationship with Christ became real close real quick because I was like, oh. I need to make sure I'm good with the Lord. So like, I'd be the kid who'd say his prayers at night in his bed, say, Lord, forgive me for all my sins for the day. Same Z. I would, in my prayer, I would wait about 10 seconds. Cause I thought there was like kind of like a transaction period. And then I would go, thank you. Cause I thought like Jesus had to take time. I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's some time that needs to happen. That and then awesome. thank you. And then as I'm getting older, I'm like, Oh yes, I think it's important to admit that. The, those sins at different times, but like they're already forgiven. Like I'm, I'm, there's no transaction time. That was taking care of the cross. But right. yeah, I was would that you, little would kid. You call it. It was kind of a misguided or unintentional superstition. Yeah, like I that's think what so I too. consider it for me. I had the yeah. same every night. Do it, you think? Okay, let me ask you this because yeah. you we played softball together. Yeah. Do you find like <laughs> ball players? Well, real ball players, not us. The these softball players now, like but shortstop like, Seager. All right, like, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, there was this intermingle between my spirituality and superstition because of baseball. Like baseball, like had such a big impact on me growing up. Cause I just love playing. Yeah. Um, I'm the Dodger fan that will bleed Dodger blue. But like, if you're like, tell me every Dodger and stats, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't, I just have this infinity for him. But mm-hmm. anyways, growing up that I, I was big on superstitious and it wasn't like for me, I translated as like, Oh no, that's the Holy spirit helping me. It wasn't like this karma, whatever bullshit that was out there was like, Oh no, I have to, you know, touch, you know, when I get up to play, I have to touch it a certain way because yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. And I think that translated to my spiritual Routine. life, like, oh, I have to do this. It's what, it's what I do. Yeah. And yeah. I think part of it's maybe being weird OCD routine now, but yeah, I was just, I don't know for you for superstition, if that was like, came from your, your growing up spirituality, whatever it was growing up, or if it came from playing baseball, but. No, I mean, it, I remember going way back for me. It was growing up in the church in real conservative circles. And my parents weren't, it wasn't like a guilt thing, but there was this sense of you asked for forgiveness. And I, so I don't know how it developed, but I, and at the time I remember thinking, I, I got it right. This is what you do. Yeah. And now looking back, I still feel a little bit embarrassed that I was praying and just feeling like I, I needed to, uh, either ask for forgiveness and like, God, I just, I know there's other things that I miss and please forgive me. And, yeah. and also praying for protection, like trying to pray away at uh, earthquakes and oh, all, the time. all kinds of stuff. And, and put your uh, biggest angels around my house. Yeah, that was yeah. a big thing for me. Cause I was also terrified of the dark growing yeah. up. So that was a big thing. Yeah. But, so, so I don't know. And that was before baseball for me, oh, okay. but, uh, definitely baseball. I see the routine and, yeah. and that's what it was at the time. I thought it was relationship, but looking back at it's, I did the best that I could with what I had at the time, yeah. but looking back, it just feels so silly. And I, I think superstition for my own, dare I say it, walk. I can't believe I said he did that quote, word. He did quote marks with his hand <laughs> for the listener. Yeah. Walk. Uh, I did the best I could, but it was superstition. Yeah. Actually, you grew up as a ball player too, Scott, right? Yeah. So did you see any intermingles between your spirituality and even like, I guess for you too, there's another question for both of you, but I'll point it to Scott, like, why do we 
pray that we'll win before a game. Like, I don't think God cares. Oh, I've, ne- I've never prayed that we'll, uh, I was my big, team will win. So high and mighty all the time. We'd be, you know, yeah. down in the ninth, and I'm I'm in the I dugout f- praying as an eight-year-old, oh, wow. Lord, if we just, you know. Uh, yeah, no, I never, never, uh, never prayed that we'd win. Um, but as an eight-year-old, I wasn't a Christian, so I, okay. I mean, um, yeah. but yeah, and we talked about that on the episode, uh, a few episodes back, we talked about a little bit superstition, uh, or if it's superstition, or if it's maybe more just that you do something and then you have the confidence cause you, that confidence now, cause you don't have to worry about that thing anymore. Um, just that fine line of what your parents have probably instilled in you for good reason, because it's maybe it's taught or alluded to. Uh, and that's what you should do. Maybe not every time, but, but yeah, it can become kind of that routine thing where like, if you don't do it, it's like, Oh shoot, I didn't do it. Yeah. And and that's totally understandable. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm answering the question. I think that the topic is, did you ask for forgiveness on the four or five errors you had in the last softball game? (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, well, Never I, think, mind. I think that was All a right. couple softball games ago, Zach. But uh, not to keep anyway dodging your original. But Jeff, growing up as a soccer player, did you find and you didn't have a, a spirituality uh, or a faith? Well, what did you have a spirituality growing up though? Like it wasn't like a, a Christian thing necessarily. But was this Mary. like uh, I, I didn't grow up as much of a soccer player. I did score a goal in uh, junior high or middle school tournament. No uh, I really deal. didn't. No, I'm, I'm not really in this conversation. Okay. I was not a soccer. I mean, I played soccer as a kid, but I was more of just, I played everything. Um, huh. My backyard was baseball and football. Okay. Um, and that was an incredible humble brag. Yeah. I'm kind of great at everything. <laughs> Well, God bless yeah. you, bro- God bless you, brother. <laughs> I've got a horses. I play polo right. on Sundays. Uh, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> there was no praying or anything. Uh, I, I was not raised up as a believer. So yeah. that's why I say, you know, I'm not a part of this conversation. I get the conversation. Yeah. Lord, give us a victory today. Yeah, it's like Lord, just be with us and. You know, if we get hurt, if we lose, if we win, whatever, give me humbleness, yeah. give me compassion, and and uh, give me guidance. But it's taken a long time to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. So back to you. Yeah, I like how you just turn the tables a little bit. That was pretty sweet. I like, I just, I love, like how you become the host. Like I you, would, Justin. This is this is I think is the next for me is podcasting. I wanna. I love interviewing people. Easy yeah, buddy. But, Easy well, buddy. No, not to. It Second be, best in the universe, right here. It'll be a dude. What a bro. You can have thirds. Yeah. Dude. Dude. Whiskey and dangles. And <laughs> alone in his room talking to himself. No. Uh, so the original Ooh, question, sorry. Is that I, some of your depression coming through? We'll get there. Yeah. Actually, that's a great segue. Or, yeah. Sitting alone by himself. Uh, sitting in a room alone by himself. Also, I hate the sound of my voice, so what this is, whoop- I probably won't listen uh, to this. What a woman. Yeah. What a woman. Everyone okay, does. Justin. No, I'm, I hate the sound uh, of your voice is what I say. We're, we're, okay. Brass tacks. Brass what a tacks. woman, a good woman, fix your life man there's so much behind that that there's a recent thought that i've had we're gonna get there don't rush into it we're writing these things down woman uh just remind me lion king that's the that is the uh the code word simba nala mustafa no we'll get there we'll get there but um so kind of back to your question you want to talk about depression when when did that start how was the childhood type thing Mm -hmm. so i think uh 
I wanted to Tarantino this thing and said depression is now my kind of superpower. So going back, growing up was the, again, typical youngest kid, um, chubby, fun, just lovey, very cuddly, very just want to make everybody feel at home and make jokes and was kind of the goofball. Man, that sounds like a great Tinder profile. (laughs) Can I use that? (laughs) No, it's on his Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, Zach. I I used to be fat, so I'm really... I I grew up as a fat kid, so I'm really funny. It's my Tinder profile. Chubby, cuddly, funny. So I was that kid and um, probably around, yeah, like 11, 12 is when just like, I don't know, I guess you call it the darkness, um, kind of came over me and I was like, oh, okay, this is just normal. Everybody's like, just kind of hates life and thinks that they suck. Maybe this is normal. Uh, didn't know. So that probably started about 11 or 12. Um, at that point too, knew that I was too young to have suicidal thoughts, but those were real. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm 13 years old. Um, why am I thinking about aware of it? killing myself? Yeah. Um, some of it could be stemmed from, I had this weird childhood too, where I grew up like Jeff, I grew up like an athlete. I was good at everything. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> no, I grew up, I grew up playing sports and was always, um, as good or if not better than most of the kids. Um, but I was, my chubbiness didn't go away, just turned into fat and I was always well liked and okay. always good at sports. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily the typical outcast, but I would get made fun of a lot for my weight didn't know how to like deal with that. I was like, wait, you're one of my best friends, but you're making fun of me. Who would know how to but, deal with that at 13? With yeah. I just didn't, firing. you know, and to me, I'm like, Oh wait, no, but I'm, I'm good at sports. My schooling is pretty good. I get A's and B's. Like I was like trying to like do a checklist of like, okay, I'm hitting all this. The only thing that people can make fun of is that my, my skin is much larger than yours. Okay. I don't really, did get you this. really think about that at 13? Yeah. Suicidal thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just what you're going through right now, like a checklist. Are you looking back? The checklist was a little bit more looking back. Okay. I didn't, I didn't understand it. And I, cause I never really give a thought as okay. a kid. I was like, oh, okay, we're still just making fun of each other. That's fine. But for me, it was like, I didn't realize those were seeds that were planted gotcha. real deep okay. that would come out later on. But, um, yeah, so that, so fast forward, um, until, it was the end of my sophomore year of college. So I was 19, no, 20, yeah, 19, 20, um, not 19, 20, uh, between ages of 19 and 20. Um, I went in that summer between those school years to the doctor because I was like, grades were slipping and I was like, I'm not an idiot. I just can't concentrate. Um, so I wanted to get checked for ADD because that was, this is in 2002, 2003. It's kind of more, more awareness of that was coming out. So I went and talked to the doctor to get, he goes, hey, just let you know, we check for ADD, ADHD, and depression. I was like, okay, cool. I don't really know what depression is, but that's fine. Tested me, um, and he goes, hey, just real quick, tested you for ADD. You know, if, if this is the line, he kind of drew like a figurative line with his hand, and then he put his hand above that line. He goes, so you're just, you know, above enough to where like, yeah, we can, we can you know, try and treat this with medication. I was like, okay, cool. And he goes... And another thing, <laughs> I'm oh, like, man, uh, yeah, what's up? What's up, doctor? And he was, um, he's like, do you consider yourself depressed? And I'm like, well, I don't really, I get bummed out. Yeah, a lot, but I don't really know what depression is. And again, drew that figurative line, um, in the air with his hand and then put his hand 
to the max that he could. He's says, I'm kind of being dramatic, but put his hand up way above the line. He goes, yeah, you mark here for depression. I was like, Oh shit. Um, and it was this really weird internal, like, Oh no, I I almost went to a bigger depression. I suck. I'm a loser. I have depression. But then also this like, we have identified the problem. We we might be able to like figure this out. (laughs) Like I thought I was just a really bummed out kid there was this huge relief of like, okay, there's something greater. This isn't how everybody feels. So there's this internal conflict between shit, I'm depressed and I have mm-hmm. to, that is now who I am. But then also like, well, at least I know who I am now. So it's kind of like accepting your level in society. Well, like I know I'm a dork, so let's just embrace the dorkness. <laughs> so, um, embrace the dorkness is an indie band. They're playing at the Viper. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in all sincerity has that, identity been something that's carried out um, in your life in terms of, you know, I'm this and this and this and that's what I'm good for. I'm good for making people laugh, not being completely sincere and uh, and when I say that, I mean you're always looking to crack a joke. Right, Admittedly, yeah. you're like, I want to be the comedian. Just kind of, yeah. it keeps everything neutral and it keeps people away from me and maybe away from the realities of, um, you know, what's really going on. Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. I think with the comedy, it was, it was a little bit of that. Yeah. I just want to make sure everything, make sure <laughs> swipe left on that one, Scott. Hit, hit. <laughs> hit the cough I, I, uh, button, Scott. Wow. She should have filtered that. Uh, <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the comedy wasn't, it was, yeah, I want to make sure everybody's happy. But for me, it was, I'm, when I make Jeff Pearson laughs, that cures my darkness. And I just project my darkness on you, like, oh, you're probably going through some shit too. So if I can get you to laugh, there is a three to five second window in your life that you're no longer thinking of how shitty whatever's going else on, what else, what else is going on, but you just laughed right there. So I feel wow. like I'm accomplishing something mm. like bring, that was my gift to the world. I want it to be still do secretly. Like I want that because there's so much darkness and depression and just shit that's going on. Like I want to do what I can to create material, you know, witty jokes or writing funny tweets to go for someone to break in their day and go, oh, that was really funny. That yeah. was really funny. Well, I, for the record, good. you have that. So, I, I'm not bullshitting you. You have your tweets always make me smile. <laughs> and and also, your, we haven't talked about your videos yet, but we will yeah. more. Um, but let's not get sidetracked. But you do, I just want to say before this moment passes, you have that. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, and full transparency, it's, incredible to hear i will one day be able to fully accept that you know there's that like yeah but yeah no i i okay so so there's a psychological justin (laughs) where you're like you know fully accept that i mean that's so that there's something i i I don't want to you know make it trivial and oh it's you know it's so deep and but there's something there's something deep in your psyche that's like you know one day i will it's like Star Wars trilogy or something. <laughs> Luke Skywalker. It's but. so like one day I will, you know, inherit the Empire or something. Well, and I think I can kind of speak to that a little bit. Again, first of all, Zach, like that was a huge like I will go home tonight and go, hell yeah. Like that felt so good. And then I'll, the other half of me awesome. is going to be like, 
but I totally shouldn't have just said the second part. I should have just accepted it because now it was like robbing of his like blessing of a compliment. But no, anyways. I'll accept my reward in heaven. Yeah. I'll take that reward in heaven. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Jewels and diamonds and streets of gold. Streets Woo. of gold and shit. Tell you what, my Hemi's going to be running <laughs> real nice up there. Hope you guys have some people from the south that are listening. <laughs> I feel like saying go Cowboys. Come Woo. on, we, baby. We do have tell you what. I'll tell you what, brother. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, I, I I think there this stems from my childhood of, of something that was really kind of ingrained in me is like this world's temporary. We hold on to the next, which is eternal in heaven. So my kind of even theology can come out when I was a pastor. We can get to that. But like, hey, it's really tough right now, but just hold on. It's going to be OK. And some people aren't OK with that. Some people are like, no, we can have freedom right now. Let's rejoice. And I'm like, sure. But some people are never going to get there. And what holds on to us is that there is a next hope. And that hope, to me, like why I love the word hope, and even though it's kind of like cool and hip to say now, whatever, but depression for me comes from despair. And what's the opposite of despair is hope. So everything for me is like I can endure now because I know one day there's something greater. And so for me, I'll translate it even to that. Like I know I that was an incredible compliment that Zach just gave me, and I hope. It's one of my on best ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to highlight real. Ask Lisa. Bros, bottles, and beers. <laughs> this is the highlight reel of compliments of Zach. Yeah. But, you know, uh, people are like, no, just just accept it now. There's freedom now. Like, now. And I'm like, dude, don't, bro, you don't bro me unless you know me. Like, don't don't put me in where you're at. Let me, let my walk, whether that's my physical walk or my spiritual walk with the Lord be at my pace. Like, don't try and push me into that. And I'm not projecting on you. I'm just saying, I feel like you should repeat that. I feel like that was huge that people need reiterating what you just said. Well, it's something that I'm saying to just the people want to Christian you and, uh, (laughs) they want to bring you into knighthood. (laughs) Yeah. They want to have that, that switch flip and yeah. oh Jesus, just say Jesus and you're good. Yeah. I don't know why I went to Southern? I'm sorry, because yeah. <laughs> I said I'll tell you what, you just <laughs> need the power of Jesus Christ. I take back that compliment, uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I think for me and and it's a huge wave of my generation. So um, I think I'm 30 years old. People just above me in age kind of started that wave. 32, 33 year olds. Um, and then now down is like, and I'm, was the, I'm a big advocate of freedom and identity in Christ and all this. And I think it's great, but like, and some people will reach that here on earth, but some people won't. And I think that's okay though. I think that there's still this hope and this belief in God. And, and I've had people tell me like, you just, you just need to pray more. Like you just need to now accept the freedom. I'm like, yeah, maybe the modern day Job's friends. Yeah. Right. And it's like, but but now you're robbing me of a walk that I'm having with, with Jesus. Like my biggest, my big thing and that always really stumped me as a pastor and as a believer. And I just was always like fearful of, because it was my biggest question, like as a pastor for anybody out there who's a pastor want to know how do you relate to a pastor or whatever. But like, um, is you think of all of like the hardest questions in the world and you expect every day, especially every Sunday for someone to be like, so, um, why isn't everybody healed? It's like, ah, Great question. I don't know. And I finally accepted even now, even now. And as a pastor, I was fully embraced the, the answer of like, great question. I don't know. And you know what that for me personally, when I hear that from a pastor, we, we had Todd on uh, a few episodes ago, Todd Redarmel, and he, he didn't know anything really. <laughs> he did not. 
<laughs> no, but the beauty of it was I find that uh, God doesn't seem to answer the why questions. Right. And, and a lot of I don't know, that, that honesty really, it pumps me up for some reason. Yeah. And I know for people in different places, they just need to know the answer. And I think I used to be there. And now I'm in this place where if I hear that, and so if you say that to people, that yeah. that's, it's like, wow, maybe we can do this together then. Yeah. If, if you don't know and I don't know, we can just take steps together and, and kind of embrace this yeah. and go through this. Well, I think, I mean, just as powerful it is for Christians to hear that from other Christians or, or spiritual authorities or whatever you want to say. Um, I don't really like that term, but whatever. But just as important for non-believers to hear when they ask you, so you believe in God? Yeah. Well, yeah. what about this? You go, that's a great question, man. I don't know. I'm yeah. still, I'm on a journey. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. yeah and even you know more I mean? so like, when you talk with non-believers. Yeah. Like, cause there's I, that projection. I, I don't of, have the answer. Yeah. There's the projection of American Christians and I can only speak to American Christians cause that's the only culture that I know as far as that, um, for the youth, for the so listeners So far, in the you've UK. only been an American. <laughs> Correct. So Correct. Okay. I'm yeah. not closing the book on that. I'm just dual citizenship maybe. But <laughs> well, anyways, it, it, there's this, this project, there's Christians in the past have made us the loud Christians, the small minority, but the loudest ones have, have made it seem like, well, we know all the answers and our way is the only way and the right way. It's like, well, okay, some of that's true. Yeah, I, I stand behind that. But also, like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the mystery of the Lord. And and then people flirt with the line, like, well, what's mystery and what's fact? And I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. But, like, like I talked about this from the stage, and it was, like, a bold thing to say. And I never caught any flack from it. But I was like, that's the part of the Lord that I see in women. There's this, this beautiful mystery of like, I don't get you, but like, yeah. that's okay. Right. And I'm not, I'm speaking as a single guy who just has, has, um, you know, girls that are friends and never been in like a necessarily a very long term relationship, but I see I'm very observant, whatever, but it's like, but that's why men are drawn to women. Cause there's this mysterious nature and we want to kind of figure it out and we're okay with not figuring out. We're okay with that journey. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a part of when we say we're created in, the, in God's image, that's part of his image, this mysterious that the females that he's created has embodied. And it's like, cool, we can see a side of the Lord in females. And is it frustrate the heck out of us? Absolutely. But it keeps us pursuing him, right? Like, yeah, ah, I, I dig it. Like, yeah. You're kind of like a cat. Like you kind of want to like come and like lay on my lap when you want, but you run. And I'm like, ah, why am I so attracted to that? (laughs) You know, like, uh, but yeah, going back to, to the original point, which is why men and women cannot be friends. (laughs) We can only be lovers. True. Yeah. Move on. Yeah. Uh, I think going back to the, the original question or what you had said, Zach, about like, just not pushing our relationship with the Lord and our wherever we're at on other people. And um, I, I just think that it's, for me, I see that a lot of my generation and, and um, very Christianese thing to say. It breaks my heart, but it really does. Because mm-hmm. as a pastor, I've seen people hurt by that. Because they're like, well, uh, they would come to me and after they talk to other people, they're like, well, I'm not where they're at. And they were like saying weird things and speaking in tongues. And they were kind of coming to me and I was just like, that's okay. Like, that's great for them. And that's what they're doing. But if that's not where you're at, that's okay. It's not where I'm at. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, if that's where I'm going to get one day, great, but it's not somewhere I'm at and that's okay. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine you. I remember you opening up about depression from the stage and, yeah. and I, I can't imagine all the people that are, 
that do just want to fix it with you put the Jesus Band-Aid on it sure to fix it yeah and I even uh, I I had what's interesting is so like anybody who speaks from the stage um, you only listen to the one bad thing mm-hmm. and you don't hear the praise of anything else um, I had so many people like people that are older than me that are married that are like and at that time I think I was 26 27 or whatever and I uh, I'd preach a sermon Psalms 42 and I was asked to speak on it because I like come from this world of depression and I want to speak on that. And the biggest thing of my sermon was like, hey, the storm's coming, bear down and hold on, it's going to pass. And a lot of people, it was like so incredible for them to hear it coming from someone who, however you want to label it, battles, struggles, lives with depression. Because my answer wasn't, and if you just prayed hard enough, the Lord will break that. Do I believe that the Lord can break and heal? Absolutely. But like for some people, it's not. And, uh, I, there was this one, I had got one feedback that it was like, Justin Sermons was, was really great. Um, I was just bummed at the end because he didn't have this like freedom ending. And I was just like, I totally hear that. But, and that may be the case for you. It's not the case for me. And it's probably not going to be the case for the most of the people. So now we have people going, well, so-and-so got free of it and I'm not. So God doesn't love me yeah. or what's going on. It's a dangerous precedent. Right. And, and this is kind of going back to the, the beginning answer that I said is like depression is kind of my superpower is like, I'm now em- embracing it, not as my identity, but like people who battle depression for the most part, I feel like I can kind of speak blankly. We feel, I feel emotion much deeper than someone who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like we feel the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And so we're able to really have empathy for somebody. We're the best people to come alongside of when you're bummed out. We're the best people to come alongside of when you're stoked because we'll just match that level. We can reach these levels. And so for me, I'm like, if Lord wants to take it away, great. Um, But for me, I'm going to try and turn it as my superpower. And I think it really helped me in sermons. Because I was able to reach levels in myself and be able to articulate that to the young adults that I was pastoring. And they were just like, whoa, yeah. I never thought about that. Or, dude, yeah. I feel that. And I was just kind of like bearing my soul in that moment. Um, but, you know, depression is a tricky thing. And I, I, I've had a, uh, a psychologist that I talked to once, really incredible guy. Um, actually, he has a podcast, a, a psychology podcast. His name's Dr. Ryan Howes. He was talking about with his colleague. They were talking about um, Robin Williams. I listened to the podcast when, oh, he, yeah. when he killed himself and, yeah. and suicide and all that. And they were talking about, based on a lot of their, lot of their studies, is something they've seen repetitive in their, their um, I don't know if you call them clients or their people that they see, was that to them kind of defining depression is depression is anger, ter- ter- anger, turned inwards Hmm. and when i heard that it was like oh boy that's me you know like that's probably where some of it stems sure there's some chemical misfirings in the brain but that's what the spiritual aspect i think comes i think there's two sides there's your brain's not firing right and then there's that spiritual warfare there's probably a whole spectrum in between those two things too and i did a i did one uh like a a session with this kind of deep healing thing and it was kind of cool and kind of weird. And I told them it was kind of weird and kind of cool. And they were very open with that. Um, and I felt better after, but I don't know. Everybody's kind of got their thing in the way they want to deal with it. And are you still, um, are you still in a similar space from a few years ago with the depression? Uh, has that changed at all? Or is it more you're learning how to operate 
Yeah, I think it. my perspective of depression has changed in a positive way. I think where I'm at physically, mentally, I'm pretty low. Jeff and I always, when we'd meet, we'd have a, a spectrum of, it was, was it one through five or one through four? One to five. One, one to five. five. He'd always, every time we sat down at the booth to drink really crappy diner coffee at <laughs> you'd always start out with so where are you at and I knew exactly what he asked and for me it was always three it's probably my median was three and for him it was like 4.5 five I'm just oh, on yeah. a high and I'm like no no doubt with Jeff for sure. <laughs> but I'll let you know now and I'm sure I've told Jeff this you know, this like, is really depressing Justin can we talk about some so um, <laughs> I was kind of a killer athlete growing up and I'm always at a five and <laughs> no I but for true. me like for me and I, I'm sure I've told you this but I'll say it now but like those were so important that you were at a four to five to me because had you been at a two or three, then I would have been like, ugh, like it brought me to a place. Um, but if you were to ask me now, I'd probably be like at a two. I just, a lot of life things happened and are happening and, um, stepping away from the church. I've never been so dark in my life. Not in this, like I'm evil now, but it was just this like, man, I think I know what Moses went through in the wilderness. Like, I think I know what Job's going through. I think I know what Paul's dealing with the thorn in the side. Like what the I want to bring up Paul constantly. He's like the poster child for not, for wanting it gone. And then if you guys hear that, I think my washing machine is going to explode. I was like, is she jumping upstairs? Daughter. Um, Paul, the poster child for wanting, out of the situation, but just being able to embrace and yeah. harness what he was going through. Harness might not be the right word, but embrace, I think is good. Yeah. yeah and find joy in the midst yeah. of, of despair. Uh, what were you saying right before? Well, is know? this a current state of being away from the church and being kind of like in darkness? Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, that's good. It's got it. So context, it was uh, a year, this February, beginning of March, that I stepped away from. I was a young adult pastor. Technically, was a pastor for a year, the prior year, and the prior year before that, I was technically an intern. But my sole responsibilities was continue to create this new, brand new young adult ministry and kind of pastoring it. I just didn't really have the title. I was still an intern under uh, the pastor, and so as I, as I explained, I was like, I was the pastor for two years of this new young adult ministry. So as of yeah. February in 2015. I felt the the call and the need to step away. Did I have a hundred percent exact reason? No, there was a lot of pieces of the pie, but um, where where the darkness I guess set in was as I felt that this was what the Lord had for me, and I but He didn't reveal where I was going, and so then I spent a whole like year essentially like, okay, well, when's something gonna happen? Yeah. When's something gonna work? Like, I. I'm now because that time I was um, I was only on staff technically part time like paid part time staff, um, but as you know as a church if anyone's ever worked at a church listening whatever you can call it what you want but you're there you know you're you're invested um, yeah. full time and I was working as so part time there getting paid part time there running the young adult ministry and then I was a part time coffee salesman for a local co- coffee roaster. And so it's so, been a year. Over a year, yeah. Over a year. And has anything has anything happened? Are you in a different place than you were when you decided to step down? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, my relationship with the Lord, I think, is different and in like a interesting, 
very interesting place. I've never like talked to anybody too much about it, so this is good that I'm probably talking to you guys about it, and uh, and it's recorded on a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I think there was so much doubt and like, oh, okay, so is there even a god? Oh, really? Yeah, okay, so that's that, what, that's yeah, what I was definitely. Ask if if there was a and I had those thoughts as a pastor. I think everybody yeah. who's very real and every pastor goes through those seasons and um, it's like, okay, I'm preaching this good stuff and this is cool and. But at the end of the day, you go home and you lay in bed and you're like, is there a God? Did that, that during, come up during pastoring? Yeah, there's definitely times of that. That is awesome. Yeah. Did and that come up kind of out of the blue or was there something that you heard or read or? No, I think starting when I was about 24, 25, there was some like, okay, like I'm now becoming part of the world. I'm becoming an adult. And you realize out of the Christian bubble, majority of the world does not believe in God or they believe in a being and then it's not could be the god of the bible it could be this you know buddha hindu type thing and hybrid yeah and so um so yeah there's always been highs and lows of that um and so i think at the at the church though and or stepping away as you're as you're alluding to is um because i wasn't preaching every sunday night anymore it allowed me to free up my time to like Maybe it was dangerous, maybe it wasn't, but to like really sit on those thoughts because you have those thoughts and you go, no, I have to put them away because I got about, I got to go preach about this guy Sunday night and And I'm preparing. Occupy it with your study and totally. And while I'm in the Word and I'm in conversation and I would listen to a lot of um, you know sermons on on uh, not tape anymore, but you know podcasts, whatever you want to call it. A track. A track. Jeff gets that one. So do you? Are you? You still have in that? I don't know if you're calling it a phase or stage or something where you're still doubting or, um, is there, I don't, you know, I don't know if, yeah, I I go through this funny cycle where I'm like, cycle, there's not a, there's not a God. This will, this will be within 10 minutes. I'm sitting at my desk at work. Wow. No, this is all bullshit. There's not a God. And then I go human life, science, the complexity of a grass blade. Could that really have just happened? No, not by chance. There has to be some sort of creator that created like, like this is the human body is way too intricate. Yeah. The fact that we have sight and process thoughts and have external thoughts. I've done that. There has to be, there has to be something that created that. Like I, I love and appreciate art so much. Like art just doesn't happen. Somebody creates art. I've never been there, but, and even the, even you see a painting, you're like, Oh, my three year old could have painted that. And then you hear the story behind the painting. Like, Oh my gosh, it's genius. There's a God. Yeah. And so I go, Oh, okay. So there's a creator. You have a three year old. No, um, (laughs) not that he knows of, uh, there is a, there is a creator. <laughs> Dude, we'll have to edit that out, Scott. Um, Stupid IPA. Anyways, there's a creator. And I grew up learning about the creator in this book called the Bible. Right. And this creator is a God. And this God is created me and is passionate about me. Um, so, okay, there's a God. Let's start there. Yeah. And then I, you know, I do the cycle. Like, okay, there is a God. And I do believe it's this God because... I'm not seeing any other religions and I'm there's thousands of religions. Maybe they also have their creator, but I believe in like this soul creator, not just this being uh. essence. So I do that. And I did that for years of like, oh, okay, that's how I prove to myself. There's a God. Um, and then from there, then it gets into the intricacies and I'm sure you guys talk about this stuff. That's why you have a podcast of like that has the, the word depth Bible of theology in and blah, blah, blah and, and whatnot. And I'm like, for my simple mind or whatever, because I, as Jeff said, I can get into these kind of ridiculous, not needed theological, psychological thoughts. And I'm like, okay, keep it simple. Like 
what's my relationship with this God if he did create me? And I, right. I don't know if it's, what was your word? You like, like pointless or thoughtless or psychological, yeah, like, cool, like these, like, ex, like these higher philosophical thoughts. But I, I think, I think in navigating your life, I mean, those are necessary and we don't go down that path yeah. ourselves that we naturally go down. Then, you know, we take away from really who we are and it's not, that we're offending anyone. It's just a life that we're living in our own brains and going through that, which you go through it in a very deep way. But I do it too much, I think is what I'm saying. Uh, right. right. I think you would point that out in a, in a very good way. And I need to hear right. that as like, yeah, and it I is. do do that too and much. It, and it Chill is. It's a, natural, it's a natural thing. I think we all do is that. Is it too much though? I think it is. Like there's parts of me, like I've never smoked weed, but I'm like, maybe if I just smoke weed and just chill yeah. out. So where do, you, where, do you think those, where do you think those doubts or those thoughts come from? Uh, whether there's a God or not or whatever. Yeah. Or, um, to, or yeah, wanting I think, to smoke weed even though you've never felt it. Oh, yeah. Of well, through your veins. <laughs> Some would say God is in the weed. Some would say, I, I saw God on mushrooms. Yeah. Cool, man. And they saw... Tell them I said hi. Saw some. Yeah. Tell them I said answer my God. prayers. You know? Uh, I think <laughs> the, the doubts and everything, yeah, I think there's this... Um, so many theologies and teachings of what God does and what his responsibilities are. And with that growing up, it's like, oh, if God's the healer, then he'll heal me. Yeah, I think a lot of them are misunderstood. Why am I not healed? Mm -hmm. If God did this and this and and this is a theory that I'm kind of like creating in my mind and and um working through this is that just because someone has the authority or power to take care of a situation doesn't mean it's their responsibility. And and I think some people would say, yeah, like it, that's your response. If you have the if you have the authority, the power to take care of a, a tough situation, you need to take care of that. And I don't know if I believe that because I think that's what people do with God. Well, if you're all powerful and all healing, then you need to heal everybody. I'm like, well, you're putting that responsibility in him. Maybe that's not. I know this is there's so many holes in this, but like, you don't understand it. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you see a fight between two kids, and you as a grown male go, "Oh, I have the power and authority to break that up." and you don't, then people are like, well, why didn't you? And I, so I think right. I'll do that to God. Well, you have the ability to do this and you didn't do it. So it's your fault. And are I you, think sometimes actually, God was like, well, wait, why are you putting that on me? I don't ever even ask for that. That's why some people be, and this is where I get really worked up with the whole healing thing is people are like, well, why didn't God heal me? Or, or right. why didn't, I'm like, maybe that's just... Another know. one we hear is asking for a deposit on the kingdom of heaven. I'm hearing that. What? That more mm. lately, like asking for... People if, are actually saying that if, if there's no pain or or there's no pain in heaven or in the king in God's kingdom, and that's what we're working for, right. then kind of asking for basically a different way of praying for healing. Yeah, and, and invoking <laughs> in advance. Like we want to see it now in advance. But yeah. I mean, really, you could say that's what we're doing if we're asking for healing, like a supernatural healing. That's yeah. kind of what we're asking for. We're asking. But I struggle with the same. Mm, don't I, don't uh, get caught. Yeah. Don't Scott. I, don't get caught up on the words. Don't try to fix me, Zach. Just, just, just think about people. What are we doing when we're asking for healing? We're asking for God to supernaturally intervene. But I, whatever you yeah. want to call that, see, that's what I would call it. I just it. wouldn't associate it with the there's, future kingdom. I used to talk about this because I stole this from my dad. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. Healing takes healing. Healings take time. Yeah, miracles happen right now, and we pray too much for healings rather, or too much for miracles rather than the healing. And I was like, when I heard that, I was like, oh shit, yeah, like. 
man, like how beautiful is a healing? Miracles are incredible, right? Quick fix. We want it now in my generation. That's why we don't even think about the word healing. We think miracle, microwave generation, boom, now. Because I got somewhere to be, Lord. You need to heal me from my sickness because I got to go preach your word. And he's like, no, you need to sit your ass down and be sick for a little bit. Because I know for me growing up, my times of sickness, I'd spend like weeks that were sick throughout the year. But those are always the most spiritual times because I was forced to be on the couch feeling like I'm dying and I'm like, well, I got no one else to talk to except mm-hmm. the Lord. And I'm like, so, so my, my view of it is a little bit different than maybe majority of my, of my peers of like, no, we got to be the Lord. We're going to set people free and miracles. And I'm like, yeah, but man, don't rob, don't rob yourself of the blessing of the Lord taking you through something like, and again, this is just the way I view and people might have a different opinion. But again, that comes from that eternal mindset. Mm-hmm. This is just temporary. I can do 60 or more years of depression, whatever, because I know the rest of eternity is not that. And I come from a family of like my grandpa has a ton of illnesses, was legally blind the moment he enrolled into graduate school. He did graduate school as legally blind, you know, learning and teach himself on certain parts of Braille a little bit, but like spending hours at a computer back then where there was a microscope, he put the book down and look at a TV screen that would blow it up pretty much like word by word and did his dissertation through that. And I'm wow. like, so I come up from a different background, right? We all mm-hmm. kind of have our, we paint our own, what we might call realities, which. And you see through your own, your lens. Yeah, exactly. My perspective. Your, yeah. um, and so for me, I'm like, it seems to be a part of the blank name that we just endure hardship. And so when I hear people like, no, you just got to break that, that curse and you got to pray out of that. And I'm like, Dude, don't get me wrong. What do you think? We're not praying for this. We absolutely are as a family, but we pray as we walk. We continue to go. And so, you know, for me, it's I get frustrated then when I see other people there that are look at um, that are told that you just got to pray more. And that person's like, dude, you're beating me up. Like, and so I have that compassion Mm -hmm. to come alongside and be like, shut up stop telling him this. Like, let this person be. Like, just why don't you be a, a real my, that's that's me projecting what a real Christian is, yeah. but like you know what I mean. Like, I like that. why don't you just come alongside this person and love them? Like we're humans. Yeah. With there's sickness in this world, it's broken. Yeah. Like, but some people believe in the theology of like, you know, we're bringing heaven to earth, and you know what I mean. There's there's this stuff that comes up, and I'm like, okay, well, different paths, I guess. I don't know. Like, so yeah, I, yeah. Does it freak you out a little bit when you have those moments where God's not there? Or yeah, is that something you've you've learned to kind of accept. I've accepted, but accepted with anger, yeah. not with not with oh he's doing something like that. And that kind of that question is leading to what like you're saying. Like where does this come from? It's like my darkness that I'm living in right now. Um, and I say with a smile on my face because I'm not. We you know I'm whatever. I'm I'm okay. But like uh, that comes from where are you, mm-hmm. Lord? Where are you? Like how I'm seeing all this. So like for me, someone who walks in like this world of depression, however you want to describe it, David is like my man. Like his songs are like, oh, I'm not crazy. Because, you know, one part of the song is like, God, you are awesome. And the second half is, and kill everybody. Or like, and I just can't even, I'm drinking my tears as like food, you know? And I'm like, dude, I, I resonate with that so much. Dash my enemies, babies. Yeah, exactly. Was that there's some 33 or what? Whatever. Like 33. It's like his, his loving kindness is, is yeah. Yeah. He's destroying David's enemies. And that's part of God's loving kindness. Yeah. 
I think the 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 verse the verses because I think there's probably multiples that's been resounding on for me in the past probably almost a year and a half. So even when I was a pastor, it's like Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Because when you grow up as a Christian, you don't have that. And this is something that a lot of people talk about. You don't have that come to the come to the come to see Jesus moment. Like someone like Jeff who like didn't have a belief. Like that's why I love hanging out with Jeff and talking to Jeff about his walk with God. Because I'm like, because he had that moment, dude. You're 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 the and this is gonna sound really weird, but we'll we'll walk through it. Is like, I'm the guy that's been in the majors for 30 years, and here comes this rookie and goes, we play major league baseball and get paid for it. And I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever. But that is the mindset that I have yeah, to have yeah. every single day. We get paid to play professional baseball yeah. in front of thousands of people, millions on TV. Are you kidding me? Who cares if we have a hundred and you know yeah. some odd games? Like this is the best thing ever, and I see that in Jeff. I never want that to burn out because that's why I tell him not to start studying the Bible. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's just gonna fuck that up, dude. Just stay as basic, like found foundational as you can, and that's what I continue. Like was so good for me to step away from the church and, and step away from theological conversations. It was just like I am so so comfortable with living in the fundamentals. Just like some coaches don't go anything beyond with their players, even at the professional level. Professional level. Again, Ooh. keeping on the baseball theme. Lover. We're taking infield. We're taking BP. That's it. And I'm like, yeah, because that's, that's if you don't have the fundamentals, you can't run the plays. You can't. So I, I kind of live in the camp of the fundamentals, and there's a, there's a lot of my contemporaries or, or, or uh, what do you call them, peers that would be like, what? No, Paul says we can't be drinking milk. We got to eat meat. I'm like, dude, I'll probably be drinking milk my whole life. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, and it's something you got to, you know, understanding that there there are seasons. Um, if I can use a Christian uh, epithet, there, Zach, seasons. I will allow it. Okay, thank you. Uh, but there, yeah, seasons in people's life. They, yeah, you, sometimes you um, you need to go back to the basics. But yeah. maturity, I think, is is growing in that and getting, you know. Whatever it whatever it is to get to know God more, yeah, is is what I think the goal is. And Paul talks about that a lot. Um, the knowledge of God and that that is part of what increases the faith. One thing Zach alluded to, though, um, and he mentioned it actually uh, quite outright. I'm not sure if uh, you, Justin, if you had that thought, but Zach said something about where God wasn't there. What did you do the times when God wasn't there? Is that is that your perception that that God wasn't there? Or is that going to mean, I don't know. If, well, I'll say, because yeah. listening to you, I, there's, I feel like you're in my head a little bit more recently for me. There, I told Lisa. Like you were, you've been thinking about me? <laughs> no, no, I said that in full sincerity. Is that what you mean by in your head? I can't stop thinking about you, Justin. No, it's, so I invited that's, you that's here. That's the second greatest comment I've heard in I mean, months. The hair on my palms is graded. <laughs> oh, good I, night. I keep rubbing it together. <laughs> I'll give you half off of Justin's palm, <laughs> palm hair removal. <laughs> Sponsored by it. No, but I've had... It's called blank palm. I've had... Palm blank. <laughs> That's funny. Blank palm. It works so <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, it does. Um, I've had <laughs> this shift for me. It's, it's a long story. I know the listeners have gotten snippets of it. Yeah. But we've never actually delved in on the podcast. But I've had this big, a lot of theological shifting and, and periods of doubt, intense doubt. And some days I, I, I kind of joked with Lisa, like some days I feel like I'm an atheist. Yeah. Like where it's, I know all the arguments for God. I know apologetics was my bread and butter for a long time. I know all the arguments. It's, but it's funny knowing that doesn't 
make it more real when God's not there. One, and I'm not saying God's not there. One, as the charismatics would say, say that again, <laughs> preach it, 100%. Keep going, yeah. So for me, when God's not there, there's there's moments where I've never felt God less, but at the same time, this is going to sound crazy. I've never felt God or this presence being. We're going to do this. Hmm. This is something that's happening. And there's been a, a few different moments that have been super powerful experiences that I c- can kind of explain, but it doesn't really do it justice yeah. where I just know, all right, you're, you know, I don't have it right now, but somehow you're with me and that we're going to do this. So like where way. you're not, you don't feel them, but you, but you feel them. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So and I wish he's not there. It doesn't matter what I think. But I mean that's what I what I think what I think doesn't make God there or not there. But there are some days where there's fake prayer and like trying to make it more real and some days like where fake I'm it like, so you make it prayers. Yeah, but not, never that much. Some days there's uh, there's just well, I'm just not even going to try and some days it's very real and uh and some days where I it's just an honesty and a vulnerability like I don't have this right now. I I know to the best of my ability that you're there, but I don't ha- I don't have it. So let's do this. Mm. And it's this weird. I can't explain it. For the most part, I feel closer to God than I ever have, while at the same time not knowing what the hell is going on. Right. <laughs> you know, with the, the di- different doctrines that I used to have like a firm foundation with, but. Isn't that it's a long story? Isn't do you that. have that too? I guess that's what I'm looking for you to jump in and like, yeah, I got you, Zach. I'm exactly the same way. Here I go with my well, story. Again. I, well, I've been thinking about that a lot. But isn't that what faith is? I yeah, mean, we're not completely supposed to figure this out. If we did, how big would God be? Be like oh, some easily understandable. Drop the little... mic moment coming from the guy who's 4.5 out of five all the time. Yeah. But that's so important. Yeah. 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 Where does faith and hope come in? Well, if you know every, if you know exactly what's going on, then you're not thinking about God, right? I and I think this is a part of our again only speaking to Americans, American society, and it's the underbelly is my generation because we're the we're the next thing, right? These yeah. I don't know if I'm millennial, I'm thirty, I don't know what that. You I, might be born in eighty six, whatever that is. There's this huge. I think you're a millennial. Everything and you because you kept repeating this word, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Everything is based off feel. I feel this way, you've made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. So, why we're really big like, you need to be very careful with what you're saying because you're gonna make people feel well. Some people's like, bullshit, you're gonna feel what you're gonna feel. But mm-hmm. my thing is that, and something that I think was uh indoctrinated by me in a good way by my father and um uh pastors over me in junior high and high school, and I was. That's a whole nother long story. I feel like I struck gold with my junior high pastor. With even when I was at, we, my third grade through sixth grade pastors and my high school pastor, like it's just super super blessed. Hashtag blessed as the, as we say. Yes. But um, there's so a thought is like truth is not a feeling. We can't. God is not a feeling. And something that the best explanation that I've ever had is my high school pastor and mentor growing up, uh, uh, Rick Caldwell. I'll quote him all the time, and he had this beautiful analogy of like, think of everything like a semi truck. Truth is the head of the truck, where the engine is, and where you sit and where you drive. Your emotions is the cargo behind it. How hard is it to drive that truck down the freeway backwards? 
with your emotions leading the truth. Now, let's turn that around. When you're driving truth first, emotions 100% follow. They are there, there. Emotions, we can't get rid of emotions, but truth derives emotions, um, not emotions drives truth. And so for me, to, this is all kind of explaining what you were just saying is like, do I feel that way? Absolutely. So I, in those days, and I'm like, and to your question too, Scott, I'm pointing at people as podcasters. You're doing to, a good job to, of mentioning to, names. To, to Zach and Scott is that, do I feel that God's not there? All the time. I feel that he's never there. But my theology, my knowledge, my belief, my faith, as Jeff was saying, is nobody is there. He is there. I have to stand on the belief that he's there, the truth that he's there, not the feeling that he's not. And, and I the think trailer, that's, the trailer comes around and, and catches up. Exactly. Eventually. Yeah. We. I just you know tried to try to do a really cool like Fast and Furious move and like drift a trailer, but like uh, <laughs> yeah, you I, did, you totally pulled it off. I, I think the thing is, is that, and that's something that you know I think again stems from my dad is that. Um, he's not the most emotional person in the world, uh, where my mom is. And I yeah. guess I'm a kind of bipolar in that way. If I can speak of that word, not insensitively, but where I'm like, either I'm going to be crying or I'm going to be a Stonewall Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think for me, it, it has to be that reminder, Scott, of like, God, where are you? And then the other part of my goes, my brain goes, well, he's there. You're just like, you just need to chill out, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think we see that through the Bible. That's where... Well, a beautiful examples in Job, uh, you know, and I think that's the thing with Paul too, as you were saying, as he endures and embraces, like, this is so shitty. I'm probably ass naked in a cold, wet, damp prison. Like Jeff right now sitting in the joy corner. Of the Lord, you know? Yeah, he has yeah. a firm foundation. Yeah. You know? Well, Jeff's got a t-shirt on, so he's, remember, he's pulling the uh, Winnie the Pooh look right now, yeah. which, okay, Jeff, you don't need to bend over. That's fine. Just leave your keys there. <laughs> But um, where were those keys, by the way? When, <laughs> when did Justin get the keys to the kingdom for this Sorry, podcast? I, t- I feel that's like that's a great over, callback, but, Jeff. Uh, that's what they say in the comedy you think world. You're Peter. That's, that's yeah. what he's Sorry, and that's, that's me trying to make people laugh. I just am craving these three dudes staring at me laughing. But um, but yeah. So circle back again to the question: Do you feel that God's not there all the time, Scott? And right now, I have to where I'm at literally right now in my life have to just believe the truth that God's there. What the hell is he doing? I have no idea. Is it frustrating? Absolutely. Um, and, and I'll say this again to also wrap around to Jeff when I said, Hey, remember the word Lion King? Um, and this is, I hesitate to say oh, this, yeah. so we can cut this out because yeah. it sounds really, really, Lion King. really effing pretentious and like cocky. But, um, when I was pastoring was wait, my wait, first for the year. record. Do you really want me to cut it out? Maybe. Or can I leave? Yeah. Let's pray about it. Zach will edit. Let's pray about it. (laughs) Wait. Wait. Zach will edit that out. All right. Continue. The only reason I don't want you, wouldn't want you to edit it out is like, I'm making this personal to me, but I'm sure there's other people that maybe could one day hear this and go, oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I was looking at this light bulb moment. I was. Was that for our Indian listener or for our Lion King fan? Yeah. They might be the same person. Yeah. Well, that would be Jungle Book, I think, if I were to have a Jungle Book reference. Me and Mowgli. But all right, carry on. So uh, I, my first year at pastoring adults, I just felt the the Holy Spirit lay upon me like this needs to be a big year of identity. Your generation and younger is one hundred percent lost in their identity on social media, <coughs> Tinder, you know, stuff like this. What's of wrong these with, things. What's wrong with Tinder? Um, and so. 
and you could talk to people that attended or some of my, my old leaders, um, that would every week go, Hey, maybe we could talk about something other than identity. And I'm like, well, I just don't feel like we're done with this Yeah. anyway. So I was trying to pull analogies and illustrations and, um, I felt the movie Lion King because I was a huge movie when I was a child, um, impressed on me. And I was like, wow, that's, that's weird. And then I looked at the story of Lion King here. This is where it's going to get funky. Um, <laughs> here we have Simba. Uh, just Simba's born to Mufasa. Mufasa is the king of the pride, the king of the jungle. And um, from there, what does that make Simba? He's the prince. We see the first part of the movie. He's this young prince and just wants to be the king. And he's trying to roar. And he has Nala, his sidekick. And the parrot's just kind of watching over him and making sure he doesn't screw up. Um, and then what happens is Mufasa gets trampled by Scar, the enemy, Satan, as we might want to call him, even though there's no spirituality to his brother Disney at that point. But, um, I think there is, there, there is, but we, ways. we Christians will place right. it on it just there's, like star Wars, yeah. you know, blah, well, I think blah. Cause the ultimate story, I mean, we have the ultimate, I mean, death, resurrection, redemption. Right. It's all in every good story in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so is sex in the clouds. Yeah, um, I agree. Scott said... Well, I thought it was the leaves. Leaves. Leaves or leaves? When he hit... Anyways. Yeah. Go, <laughs> you can, so you can YouTube that. Lion King. So I had this thought of like, okay, here's this prince whose father dies. And what does he do? He gets blamed. He has this guilt and runs away and lives this carefree life. I'm not going to think. I'm not going to have responsibility. I know that my call is to go and lead this pride now and this entire jungle even though africa's not jungle it's safari um jeff you might want to listen in on this uh it's a a moses female best friend yeah yes goes on an adventure journey to find him and be like what the hell are you doing wake up there's a pride to be led the enemy's taking over this is christian he's tying in Mm -hmm. you need to get your ass back here and he's like no 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 i'm i don't want any of that life i'm living life of leisure also for seeing parallels to the prodigal son um which is my favorite parable of the Bible, but there's that washer. Um, Just for the record, Zach and Lisa are downstairs. <laughs> so nobody heard that. Yep. Yeah, we're not afraid of the, the magic can't be happening yeah. right now. So. Um, that would be an interesting podcast. So anyways, uh, he comes back. He uh, We see he defeats the enemy. He defeats Scar and takes over and is now the, the, the rightful king. I allude that to kind of a lot of Christians. And I think a lot of Christians in my age are Simba. We see, we grew up, because there's so many of us that grew up in church or religion and go, and now throw a middle finger. T- middle, middle, that, that middle finger. Middle finger. Maybe, you know, a young Jerry Raggy. Middle finger. That's their middle fingers to the Lord and are running away because there's a bigger calling on their life. And we need knowledge of this world, aka women, to call the men out and be like, you need to get your ass back and get a right job. So provide for your family. Why is that why is that story important to me? And this is kind of weird, maybe if I listen to this podcast years down the road. Um, full transparency, I feel like I'm Simba right now, you know, hanging out with Simone and Pumba, being like, nope. I believe it. I know the calling. My faith is still there, but I don't want to deal with it because I don't know how to deal with it anymore. Like Mm -hmm. there's too much of these high level theology. What about this? What about this? And I'm just like, yeah, but what about if we just love Jesus and I can't handle that anymore? Um, dealing with everything else. So I, I stepped away and I think it's part of the reason why I stepped away from being a pastor, but 
you know, books like Love Does by Bob Goff really screwed me up because I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's what it's about. It's just loving people. It so well. Yeah, and I wasn't doing it. I was preaching it, and I was like, there was a part of a challenge of like, I preached this for two years. Can I actually do it? I was saying the so right I stepped, things. Yeah, and I think I was doing them, but I was doing them and as a as a pastor. Like that's what I was paid to do, right? It wasn't part of your core totally. or, or like, natural operation. Would I actually continue to do what I'm doing minus preaching every Sunday night because I didn't have a platform physically or whatever anymore? Would I continue to do this if I wasn't in this role, in this identity of a pastor? And I always, always super rejected people calling me pastor. I used to get called out all the time on my social media because I never posted about my ministry and never posted like I posted for the social media of the ministry as the ministry made funny videos, but I never in my personal, cause I was, again, the way I re- was raised people, my dad will let people, I guess, call him pastor Brian, but it was always like, Hey, it's just Brian. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with that background rather than there's a lot of pastors out there. And that's maybe their shtick is like, I am pastor X, Y, and Z. And this is every, my identity is being a pastor and yeah. which is cool if that's what the Lord has for them, but it wasn't for me. And so, um, you know, it's kind of, that was kind of a rabbit trail, but going back to the, the Lion King reference, Jeff asked me, could there be a lady that brings me back, not to the Lord, but maybe out of the depression? Um, and I had that thought uh, a couple of days ago and I don't think the answer is no, but, um, if I'm really living this Lion King story, maybe one day God will bring in a woman to be, wake me up and go, Hey, you should be your role and do your shit so well god gives us a helper so good luck with that help me and scott well we're gonna work on scott's tender account it's in the king james can i say something really fast yeah about that (laughs) hello listeners you've heard me before hi what is your special purpose what is my special purpose to encourage people all right encourage justin so, oh boy. <laughs> so, no, I, just shopping in. The one thought I had right when you said that is do you think, you know, a, a female coming into your life and walking beside you would just like help move you to the next level? And the one thing I would say is that puts a lot of pressure on that person. Yeah. Which is to why. To do I, that. Yeah. And so when you're looking at it from that standpoint, it's kind of like, uh you may want to rethink what that person in your life would, would look like to you. Yeah. Which is why I answer that question. No, like that's not because I, I, you know, I've seen that unfortunately. So I've seen that in friends relationships, you know, back in the day when they're like, but he's like the worship leader and he's this, or and we do Bible studies together. I'm like, yeah, but he's not Jesus. He's not the Lord. Well, yeah. And that's same thing know, with the guys, the girls. Yeah. Well, you know, she goes to church and I'm like, she's not Jesus. She's not the Lord. She's going to, mm. You know, mess up. People that are always looking for the next thing, and or they're not content. Their house is too small. The kids are driving them nuts. They upgrade a little bit. I guarantee you, if you don't fix whatever's causing that thing, Mm -hmm. that that next house is not going to be enough. And in this analogy, the woman is the house. Is that rude? Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> what are you gonna say, Scott? Yeah, I mean, similar to what Zach was saying, uh, being in, in that, you know, just kind of that situation where, yeah, you know, looking for a wife, and um, you know, I'm not always the happiest person. What? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> seriously, you didn't know that? Uh, 
That's so do you, awesome. Do you, real question. Do you... Depression. Just say it. Is depression Just in your life it. at all? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 think I'm, I think I'm tired all the time. That's okay. depressing. Um, but it could also be the yeah. lack of exercise and alcohol. No. No, it's not. It's not Scott just no, doesn't no. ask the clarifying questions of himself so much. Um, wow, here we go. Scott. But you two have Sorry. a lot of similarities. You should hang out a little bit. Maybe do a little Tinder together and you False. know find some ladies False. and start double dating. Maybe no. you guys will meet on Grinder. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> I have no words. Hey, Justin. Right now. Justin, since you know so much about Tinder, can you tell us about Grinder? I can I can't speak of experience with grinder. Zach, tell me there's one specifically for farmers, or was that a joke? No, farmers only. Yeah, yeah. it's called the uh, sheepter. But but seriously, yeah. seriously, start hurting sheep. Scott Scott does have a little bit of you. You guys are similar in certain ways. In that, yeah. Well, yeah, and and if if you're if you're thinking that. Or if I'm thinking that a woman or something like Zach was saying is going to take you out of that, uh, then that that's the wrong focus to have. And I totally. think that's that's what you're saying. That, yeah. That seems like you have that, or you, yeah. you no, don't no. have that. He said you he, have the he right said, perspective. Yeah. He said no to Jeff's question. Right. Which Jeff? Yeah. I was trying to affirm him. It came out wrong. <laughs> Yeah, you so already gave me two great compliments. So if, I think you're good. If you have okay. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. quote him at. Yeah. yeah, if you have the idea that something can take you out of that, that something should be Justin. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, theologically, you know what's weird is that feels so uncomfortable to me right now. Uh, like that feels so. What if he said yes? You are pushing Christo. back at an nth degree every week, Zach. Oh, I, I like it. About Five what? Jobs. About Jesus being the answer. about that, Zach. Explain. Yeah. yeah. It feels so. It feels like we're putting that Jesus bow that you resent out of people <laughs> trying to fix your depression. Yeah. And I'm not arguing with the ultimate truth of it, but man, if we learned one thing, well, we learned a lot of things from Jeff's marriage double parter. But one of them is that there are these you it's fixed in certain ways because you're on the same team or say you're aligned with what God has for you. But there's still these resets. There's not this like you don't reach this apex. The apex is in the in what you're doing and, and just accepting where you're at. And you, well, you, like that, you said depression is your superpower. Yeah, it's, it's my yeah, and also my kryptonite. But I, I think to your point, it's like that's the church answer. Is and I heard a pastor kind of joke about this. Um, you know, we hear this in church, like, "Hey, brother, how you doing? Well, God is good. God is good. All I understand time, that all the time. God is good. I understand that God's good. I ask that's you, how are, how are you? Sometimes, yeah, not literally. Figured. Like for me, I'm that guy. I'm like, if I ask you, Zach, <laughs> hey, Zach. <laughs> Hey Zach, how are you doing? If you give me an answer, well, you know, the Lord is good, and I, I'll go. You would know I'm great. About to kill myself. I know that, but I asked you, how are you? Yeah, I didn't exactly. ask how God is, yeah. and I think to your point is that's the thing. It's like, yeah, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, however you want to define the Trinity, is good all the time, and is that. But again, that goes back to the point: we are not in eternity yet. Let's completely Correct. understand that we are still flesh. We live in a broken world. The the enemy is the prince of this world. Like, what are you going to do now about it? And mm-hmm. don't keep throwing that band-aid of, well, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, but Jesus is, it, 
he, he's there, but he, he, I think Jesus, the reason he came to flesh is to show us like, Hey, I still cried my eyes out when Lazarus died. I still had really tough times. I still had to physically run away from mobs. And like he wasn't just like poof, and glowing and everybody like right. pulling the superpower and then everyone fall down dead. It was just like, no, he still battled with things. Like one of my favorite passages too. And I, again, if it's my favorite, I should know the difference. I think it's Elijah, not Elisha. I always get this confused, but he deals with all the Baal prophets, like has one of the most remarkable stories in the Bible. The next scene he goes to a mountain and wants to die and is asking the Lord, it's better for me if I'm dead because there's a woman after him. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's humanity. That's reality. He didn't just be like, well, Jesus is good. It's like, yeah, yeah, he knows God's good. He's still talking to God. But the reality that he was living in at that moment is he was so depressed and so fearful of his life from it was Jezebel or whatever that wanted his head that even though he defeated however many 300 prophets of Baal and just wiped out with the Lord, the next scene, he wants to kill himself. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's, that, that's, but that's where I live. That's the mis- you know? That's the misperception of that that pastors need to emphasize. So, what we're talking about, or what you're what you're talking about, Justin, is Jesus being the foundation and not mm-hmm. being the bandage or the, the the covering. He's the foundation for what you're thinking, what your yeah. thoughts are, right? I mean, that's yeah. that, that if that Zach, if that perception is there. Because uh, that's something about the church that you hate. Wait, what? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's about... Zach te- hates the church. It's about teaching that Jesus is the foundation <laughs> for your thought life, not that he's the patch for something that you're going through. Yeah. Right? I just don't... Yeah, it's just the problems... Here's my problems, and then will Jesus... Right. So that's a yeah. Mis- yeah. misconception, misapplication of... Jesus is the right answer. Right? Right, Zach? Most days. Okay. So Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is the right answer, but the answer is that he's the foundation. That's what. Yeah. But Jesus what? What does that mean? What is Jesus yeah, being the right answer? In that context, how is someone to, supposed to apply that to their life when they're telling you something and they're being vulnerable and you say, oh, well, Jesus. Okay. No. Great. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're... we're it's not, We're recognizing, it's not just saying that yes, I agreed. Yeah. Kind of like Job's, like, yeah, God's there, but I. But my family's not. My livelihood's not. Right. Everything's taken away. Right. Well, in the Job context, you, you almost get into, I mean, Calvin, Calvinism. It's like, I well, think God pe- did it, and you got to deal with it. I think people are. I mean, that's, <laughs> and this is me, uh, obviously, my opinion. I think, <laughs> I think people are stretching to find some genuine. People want a an moment in their life, and they they want they do they want answers they want clarity, and um, so it's like how's it going? Oh, God is good. It's like what in the heck does that mean? Because I have no idea what that means because that has nothing to do with with life and the life you're living. Like what happened yesterday? Well, I had a argument with, you know, a coworker or I get fired from my job or I made a million dollars. It's like, God is good. What, what does that really look like? And what's going on? Because, um, it's like the conversation I, I had with Lisa about 30 minutes ago of, of the differences in us believers is Justin, you're like going through the marsh. Um, you know, I was thinking like the, the, 
uh, in Florida, they have the, I can't remember what the heck. Swamp bayous? Yeah. Right. And you're like, you you believe and you are going through and drudging through. And, and it's like, sometimes it's difficult for me, genuinely, to listen. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is such, there's an easier life. And then you're looking at me like, oh my God, he's, we, we, so we do the, you know, one to five and and I'm always like, I'm like a 4.8. You're like, good grief, man. Are you serious? (laughs) But it's, it's like, you're looking at me like just, ah, out of the weeds and flying along and just loving life. But you love life too. You're just loving it in a, a totally different way. And I grow in having the conversation with you and people who are just just struggling, um, different struggles. I have struggles, mm-hmm. but you perceive, you know, my life to be a much lighter burden. I think, yeah. and I look at you as like, oh man, there's a lot. That's heavy. That's heavy duty. And there's so many people out there that connect with that. That are like, life sucks or life is difficult or life is challenging. My life is challenging and difficult as well. Um, but I grow from listening to the life that you're living as long as you tell it truthfully and genuinely, and you get to hear my life as well. And you grow from that. And I grow from, from, you know, the life you're living in Christ. We want to talk about worldly crap. None of that matters. It's like, when you go up and ask a guy, Hey, how's it going? Oh man, I made like $50,000, you know, this month. I'm like, okay, let me ask the question again. <laughs> how's life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you know, none of that worldly stuff really matters in the bottom line. Um, so I, uh, yeah. I think my, so you're nine, saying I, Jesus is the foundation. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> yeah. Well, I think, and to that point, and again, this is where, Luckily, I'm not a famous person, so no one's going to tweet at me or whatever. Because I'm not. I, I, you are. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not comparing myself. <laughs> Literally to, all over the world to a a Kurt Cobain or or these types of uh, tortured artists. But can you just like? And I'm I'm looking at you guys when I'm talking to you. But like, can can you guys as Christians just let me live the life that I'm living? Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, at the end of every sermon, I was always preaching Jesus, 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 because right. Jesus is the hope. And like, I feel like there were some people who would actually literally said to me when I was a pastor or just gave me that tone of like, Hey man, you're, you're a pastor. Like, can you like, you know, not be depressed? And I'm like, can you just not be a human? Like, can you let me live with this that I have? And because if my sermons were always like, well, you know, maybe there's a God, then yeah, you should kick me off. Oh, you became Zach right there. But you know what I mean? Like literally I would always, why my books don't sell like, and going back to that thing is like, if we if if we were to to try and change every tortured artist, we wouldn't have the the modern art or the songs that we would it's have. Beautiful, yeah, There'd like be no rape me songs. <laughs> Which Speaking is a great Kurt song yeah. for the record. But I it's mean, a metaphor, Scott. You know, Kurt Cobain obviously being the most like iconic, and also for like battling what he did and the way his life ended, but also the and I don't, I wasn't in Nirvana. It was just just before my time, but like the amount of people that he affected in a positive way with his tortured life. Like, I don't think he would ever give that up. Like, I think he would still walk into what he did. And for me, 
you know, uh, as a pastor, that's why, again, I felt like that was my superpower. Like I have a big compassionate heart for people who are walking through, as Jeff said, the marsh. And those are my people. Like, mm-hmm. and I think from there, I, yeah, I can, I can hang out with the Jeffs of the world that are 4.8s and fives and, and identify and rejoice with them. But I can Five also, out of three. I can also go down to the people that are like, hey, um, so I kind of want to kill myself. You mind if we grab coffee? Absolutely. Like that doesn't, <laughs> yes. that doesn't affect me. And, and like uh, that doesn't go, oh shit, like uh, we better call 911. I'm like, no, I'll be there because I know where you're at. So for me, kind of at the end of the day, going back to the little depression thing, do I want it to be gone? Yes and no. Um, yes, because it affects my work sometimes in my workplace. It could affect a potential, as I'm pointing at Scott, a relationship because I'm like, well, no girl wants to marry a depressed guy. And so I'm trying to like... So why even start? Totally. Why even go for it? Oh, and that's why that's like why that. this girl in the past like that too, decided to not date me because yeah. she's I was too much of a bummer. Maybe yeah. she hit me at a low point in my life and I was a, you know, a bummer and just sat on the couch or was an asshole or whatever. And so there's these things that, yeah, I do battle with it, but like maybe this is my thorn. I don't know. I just know that... Um, I preach some really damn good sermons out of depression yeah. and, um, you know, and wouldn't really trade it, you know, cause I can, I have joy. Like Jeff says, like there are times that I'm like crying, laughing, um, and also crying cause I'm sad. I don't know. Like, you know, it's part of life. It's, so it's, yeah. So meet people where they're at is always what I used to preach and always what I felt like I saw in Jesus. He didn't stay in the temple and people came to him. He went to the people. So physically we need to do that. I think spiritually, relationally, that's what we need is we need to meet right. you where you're at. And the hope is to sit there, build a relationship to where now, we, okay, but Hey, there's, there is something a little bit bigger. Like there right. is a God, there is a hope. And for every situation, it might be a, a little bit different approach to yeah. wh- whoever you're with. Right. Like getting that wisdom to discern where, where Justin's at today. Mm-hmm. Maybe don't go at him like, well, Jesus will heal you. If you just yeah. ask him, just ask harder. Cause ask I'm going to punch you. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But. And I think that's when that answer of, how, how are you? And someone says, oh, God is good. That's where that shift is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because when you're at church, as authentic as you want to be, as we say we want to be, people are not vulnerable walking in with all their makeup on mm-hmm. and, you know, best dress for Sunday <laughs> and going to just spill their guts on the porch before church, most people won't. Unless people you will. unless you meet Jeff on <laughs> the porch. Generally, it's a hey, how you doing? I'm great. Oh, good. Part ways. But See ya. Once you get to know people, you're gonna know when they're not telling the truth, right? And that's an opportunity to be vulnerable with people, and it's gonna take that to to witness and to get in the weeds with people. Yeah, it's the true relationship. Yeah. The true caring. Well, maybe the question, how are you doing, might not be the right question if you're trying to get them to uh, open up. Uh, think of something else to ask. I don't know what else to ask. Right. I, was, I always just go, hey, somebody I don't told, even ask a question. Somebody told me questions are the most important, really conversational piece. I mean, you, you can ask the, the general question that everybody asks, but really, what are you going to get from it? You're going to get nothing. It's like asking your kids when they get home from school, how was school? Fine. What'd you do? Nothing. That yeah. was me. We're getting that. Me to 100%. Yeah. So, so uh, like, what did, like, what did you time. learn? You know, but in life, it's like, you know, what are you going through? What are the challenges right now? I mean, when you get to those real questions, you get 
hopefully real answers. And if they're following the Lord, you don't let them out of it. I mean, you just, you can't. I mean, they say, uh, uh, well, you know, oh, things are good. Well, what does that look like? What's good in your life? I mean, I've just, I've kind of been a dig a digger for the last five or six years in terms of digging into people's lives just because I dug into mine. I'm like, what is it that we're getting out of this? And not like, what am I personally? But, you know, what is it that that in this walk, in your workplace, in your friendships, in your marriage, in your life, like, what is God speaking into your life? And... I would challenge everybody out there to, when you ask questions, think about what is the purpose of your question, and are you truly trying to connect with people? Um, you know, I was, I've had conversation with Justin. We've had some serious conversations, mm-hmm. yeah. and there's been serious questions that... I've been many a hand on Justin's thigh. <laughs> Jeff, was wearing, Jeff was wearing pants. But both... But But... But this has been a reciprocal. It hasn't, I mean, so, you know, if you want to live the life, you really have to be genuine and honest and you got to go for it. So, so yeah. we're going to, we're going to wrap it up, but yeah, I feel like it's been like three hours. Sorry no, about that. It's just six. It's only two, but this, this has been, dare I say it, uh, one of my favorites, Justin, what quickly advice do you have for 13 year old? 13-year-old Justin? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, man. Great um, question. Yeah, that is a... That's funny is because I... Um, yeah. Can you talk into the mic? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm drifting off doing that, like, where you pick at your beer bottle uh, label because you can't... AD. You don't want to think. Yeah, and that also that... Um, don't give them excuses. What advice would I give chubby little 13 Justin who wanted to cuddly kill... Cuddly, though. Cuddly, c- too. Cuddly. Man, yeah. cuddly as hell. So much cuddle in that, Justin. That <laughs> Just little so many roles. Um, yes. One is, I'm glad you're fat because now I'm funny. Um... No, sorry, that didn't get laughs like I hope it did. No, Hopefully it, you at the I listener was... was what that... Yeah. No, India, oh, that goes to the India in India yeah. is laughing yeah. hard. But that was that was a that was a callback to my Twitter uh, bio that <laughs> I think that's Zach clear. knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you would just answer the question. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> man, I could probably. I haven't cried in a long time, but I could probably tear up if I were to actually like see that chubby little kid right now. But I, I think this is maybe a weak answer, but it, it still continues to be the same. Of like, hey, man, hold on. Like, and and I think at that point in my life without saying that, that's what called the spirit or whatever. But the Lord was telling me in that room when I want to kill myself was like, Hey man, hold on. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and I think, um, part of that was one was for myself, but two is for other people as, as much as I hate to admit it. But I think that my life on this earth has positively impacted people and it's hard for me to accept that and embrace that even though i've had people actually tell me that but um this life isn't just all for me so and i think you're on the front end of that i think you're on the front end of mm. your life positively impacting people it felt like you were talking about the past but i, th- yeah. I think it's there's kind of just beginning mm. yeah that's three compliments so <laughs> yeah I'm you done. are you hit your quota everything yeah, in three your, years um, love language words of affirmation because like you're gonna want to kiss him soon yeah no we'll yeah. we'll definitely give a kiss I am on grinder yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where his I'm love, at, yeah. his love language but, is tonguing yeah. um yeah 
so I, for me, um, this is separate about that question, but super honored to be on this podcast. Would love to hear. I w- we definitely don't have time for this. Something I thought about on the drive over was this song that I've been hearing from this artist who talks about basically kind of like just the basic shitty things that happen in life. What's the artist? Um, his name's John Bellion. And um, he talks about, he'll go through these different scenarios like, um, why did I just spend a thousand dollars on these shoes, but I'm afraid to go broke. Why is there a girl in my bed, but I'm afraid to die alone. And, um, he just talks about, I'm sick of being a human. Mm. And, and that stirred up this thought in my mind that I've had, even when I was a kid, I don't know why I thought about this, but like, I was like Christianity and the, and the Lord and the fact that, um, the biggest, one of my biggest issues with Christianity is like, I didn't choose to be alive, but I was thrown into being a human. And now I'm thrown into this eternal death or life kind of turn or burn type thing. And like the most beautiful thing about the Lord is that he plays for keeps. God doesn't just kind of, he's not about this moral type of thing. He's like, no, I want your soul because I care about you. And so now I'm having to be thrown into this game of life and death. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I didn't choose this, but now I have to make a decision. So like, that's my biggest qualm that I want to talk about with the Lord in heaven. Mm -hmm. But it'd be interesting to hear a podcast on you guys kind of, you've ever had that thought but to hear more about that because we don't have time but um Mm. you know we were just thrown into this life we didn't get that choice but now it's our responsibility to make the choice of do i believe in this god do i believe in that god what's the afterlife yeah you that i mean there's worms all over the floor right mm. now from that question but i that's definitely something that i mean scott and i even though we're so different theologically you're still my besties one of them yeah. And we do wrestle with stuff like that. So yeah, yeah you're right. It's tough. What's your most embarrassing moment? Most embarrassing moment. Which one? This is always interesting. Um, oh, this is terrible. This makes me sick to my stomach. Um, <laughs> I was really preaching good. a sermon on the, ironically, like the gift of of the relationship with the Lord and this gift. And it, it's, um, something that I quote from Judah Smith, a a pretty popular pastor out of Seattle. He says, um, you know, the Lord's basically like this, this walk with the Lord, um, it can't be achieved. It can only be received. And this is the free gift, right? You just say, okay, cool. I'm gonna walk. Oh, there's a lot of sacrifice to it. But anyways, so I was talking about gifts and I was on stage in front of like however many young adults. I know there's probably like 50 or 60 people there. And I was talking about, man, just like if, if someone just gave you a gift, you take it for free, like take it and run. And I was, I don't know why, but I was like, I should have wrote this down, but I was thinking about things like if someone gave you uh, like a million dollars, you would take it. If someone, you know, just gave you a blood diamond, you would take it. Just take it and don't ask questions. And, and, and I stopped and I was like, stopped in my tracks and everyone just, I could hear like this almost gasp upon everybody. And I was like, I am so sorry about saying that. It is not what I meant. If it's a blood diamond, you shouldn't. I, and I was talking to the guy, the AV guy in the back. I go, Alex, we're going to edit that out of the podcast of the sermon. I don't know why I said it, but it's still to this day. Oh, that's awesome. And I had a, and I knew a buddy was in the audience, and I knew his voice. And he, he just goes, oh, my God. Like super, <laughs> super loud. And I was like, oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. So that was probably one of the most embarrassing moments and happened to be on stage when I was a pastor and people are like, he's a blood diamond pastor. I'm like, no, 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 no. So anyways, it's a great, it's a great question, but 
Awesome. If someone robs a bank and they give you a thousand dollars, just take it. Just yes. it. So yeah, watch yeah. Wow, Justin's go. vlogs. Yeah, they're uh, they're awesome. They're funny. Yeah, YouTube Justin Blank. It's Justin a picture Blank. of me and anyways, yeah. Justin M Blank on Twitter. Justin Blank on Instagram and Snapchat. Definitely check out those vlogs. Those are awesome. Um, but thank you guys. This is awesome. Yeah. I'd love to come back if you'll have me. I'll try and we keep totally it sh- try and keep it shorter next time. I think no, we're going every twenty five podcasts we yeah. bring you on. <laughs> See yeah. you next year. Um, so fa- Facebook and Twitter, Bros Bibles Beer, BBBpod.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes. Uh, we've gotten some good reviews. We didn't get one this week. We'll get some more next week. I'm sure of it because of people like you, India. <laughs> tweet at them too because you're going to get on their podcast if you tweet at them. That's all, all you have to do. Yeah. That's what Justin awesome. did. Yeah. And he's here. He yeah. I don't, I've never met these guys in my life. Yeah. Jeff doesn't have pants on. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's a running joke. Sorry. Because it. <laughs> Not, Every episode not now. Really. Hey Jeff, can you go ahead and put on pants? It's not really a joke. It's the weirdest dentist I, that I've ever had. I don't. I mean, I'm not wearing pants. It's funny. I just took off the vinyl liner covers I had on these chairs, <laughs> and I wish I, I wish I had. <laughs> Sorry. I think I'm throwing the chairs out. <laughs> just reupholster them. Run a limp brush a on those things at least, because that thing's a little hairy. Reupholster them. <laughs> Yeah, he had his palms face down. On <laughs> blank palms is my new product. They're so furry. Uh, yes. It is blank palms. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We'll look back on the day when the dead rose from the grave. No more sorrow and shame. The new body and name. Nothing perfect will die. No more tears in Easy, yeah, buddy. But, Easy, well, buddy. No, not to... It Second be, best in the universe right here. I'm 52. I'm a gym teacher. She's... <laughs> <laughs> we have... Oh, boy. <laughs>